Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 95 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Tired. Very tired. <laughs> I had a quite a long day. Uh, I worked, uh, for those that don't know. Yes, I do have a full-time job. Uh, and then I also had some lovely little car maintenance to do towards the end of the day today. So that took up, say, another 45 minutes to an hour of my time. Uh, just, you know, very routine car maintenance, uh, changing a tire. I walked outside the other day and the tire, the right front of my Jag was completely flat. So just out of nowhere. Uh, anyways, went to go change that tire, which I've changed. I don't know, probably a hundred tires in my life by now. Um, of course the tools that Jag give you to change this tire, um, are really just kind of like, you know, that like disgusting set of like fake plastic cutlery you get when you do like takeout or something like that. Like we know it, like it's supposed to work, but we all know it's not going to work. Uh, I think the best example of that would be when I went to put the lug wrench on the lug nuts, it fit one, but not the other four. Such a uh, 45-year-old man like conversation going on right now. I yeah. was going to ask you how the Jags treating you, but I guess you just answered that. So oh, uh... it's, it's just fantastic. Everything's great. I love my life. <laughs> all righty. Well, Uh, On a different note, we're going to go over to my other co-host, Mac Vogel. How are we doing, man? Doing good. I uh, had the day off from my normal job that isn't this today, so I was kind of just running some personal errands. I took my electric guitar that I haven't played in a long time because I've been playing my acoustic a lot, but I finally... It's just an old Fender Strat. I took it into um, a local mom-and-pop shop uh and got it restrung got the action fixed got the neck reset got it polished got a new cord for it so that baby is ready to shred whenever i am ready to shred so that's exciting um besides that just been prepping for this all day excited to launch into this this is kind of the beginning for us so um I'll speak for myself, but I'm super excited for this season. Super excited to break down the Atlantic and the Metro. Yeah, the next 10 months are basically getting kicked off right now with the weekly recording. So uh, thoughts and prayers to us in our you know social lives after 5 p.m. during the week. Um, before we get into the episode, our interview guest is going to be Anthony from Forever Blue Shirts. Um, A lot of you probably don't know what Forever Blue Shirts is. Um, Anthony runs the website. He runs a Twitter account. It's probably the best Twitter account that you can follow for Rangers updates and anything Metro Division on Twitter. Mm, That's saying a lot. Yeah, he's got, I think, he's just shy of like 19,000 followers on Twitter, I think. But, um, you know, we follow his page. We love his work. He writes about the entire league. We thought he would be a great guest to break down the Metro Division with us. So, after we break down uh, the news in the Atlantic Division, you will hear that interview at the end. Um, and like I said, he's a diehard Rangers fan. So for any New, York- New Yorkers out there that are Rangers fans, he gives some great insight to the team, 
We're going to have a lot of fun on opening night. You definitely don't. Already know that this in this episode of empty betters is brought to you by brackish life. Let's take a minute to talk about brackish life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then brackish life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Not sure why, struggled on that one more than usual, but we'll bounce back next week. Nick, I'm going to toss okay. across the screen to you for the league news. It's been a long day, so no sweat. Uh, first really thing we got to get to sort of, uh, you know, adding on to a story that we are sad to report on last week, but uh, it's unfortunate to hear how this whole situation has been handled. So let's dive in. Uh, first things first, Eugene Kolachev was the general manager of the Ukrainian Hockey League, which we spoke about last week. He tweeted this past Thursday that he has subsequently been fired for speaking out against racism in the wake of the Andre Deniskin and Jalen Smerik incident. Uh, a punishment was handed down shortly after we released our episode last week. Deniskin was suspended for 13 games for his actions. That was what the Ukrainian Hockey League deemed acceptable uh, for the manner that he acted in. Uh, don't think anyone here agrees with that. But uh, Smerik has also said that he's not going to play another game in the UHL until Deniskin is suspended and removed from the league. So Smerik later added that his heart dropped when he learned about how light Deniskin's discipline was. So, uh, and, you know, it's great to see that Kolachev, the GM of the league, is sticking up for a player that's obviously been marginalized. Uh, it's just unfortunate to see that the league itself and the people surrounding it are enabling this kind of behavior. And I, it's just something that's disgusting and needs to be stopped. Listen, I'm going to be blunt here. Uh, UHL, fuck you. You fucked this up worse than I could ever imagine. And I don't know what year you think you're living in, but it's 2021. Get with the fucking program. Be better. This sucks. The solution was handed to them. It was get rid of this player. And who would have given a fuck, honestly, if they did? (laughs) Like, I, like, seriously, I think they would have literally solved all their problems if they did that. Like, who would have given a single fuck about this idiot? Not me. Yeah. Uh, I can't really beat what Mac just said. That was pretty well said. So, yeah, they can fuck right off. I mean, this is pretty much unacceptable behavior at this point. Not by pretty much, I mean, extremely unacceptable behavior. So, poorly handled, a bad look for the sport of hockey in general. I mean, you know, we're already trying to fight off some uh, stereotypes as it is. So, this definitely isn't helping that cause. But, um, you know, Hopefully in the future we can we can see the leagues around the world do better when we hopefully don't have many more of these incidents. I mean, Christ, like Max said, it's 2021. So yeah. Get with it or stop playing. Uh moving on, as the NHL season begins to open up, the Arizona Coyotes are the only team so far with plans to fully relax their game day dress code for players according to an ESPN survey of all 32 teams. This was made pretty public on social media. Uh, At this point, I don't see why more teams aren't doing this. This is going to give players a great new opportunity to just add to their 
you know, to their personal, you know, market ship. I mean, they can market themselves. They could wear certain designers. You know, you obviously now we have NHL players that are at the forefront of style and streetwear, like Austin Matthews is a great example of that. I think this is something where we can see guys maybe, you know, develop clothing or styles of their own and use that to promote themselves. So I think this is just a great avenue moving forward. And there's a lot of guys around the league like that that have their own brands. TJ Oshie with War Road is yep. one example. Um, so, yeah, it'd be cool to see more of that. Also, I mean, it makes sense that the Coyotes are like, yeah, let's just relax because they're just here <laughs> to have fun this year. And they know exactly it is going to happen. So they might as well just hang out. I think it's gr- I think it's great. But this is probably going to be a little bit of a hot take as if I were an NHLer, I would love it. But as a fan, I kind of feel like the suit thing is a nice little throwback kind of keeps the kind of keeps us a little different from the rest of the leagues. I mean, obviously pregame fits are a huge buzz when it comes to NBA players, NFL players. And, you know, if I was playing a professional hockey game, the last thing I would want to do is have to wear a suit to go to the fucking game. So I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not really complaining about this. I'm just saying one of the things I like about our sport, the guys look dapper and some of the suits you see, especially around the holidays, they're awesome. For sure. I'd say you honestly can't go wrong. And like you said, I mean, if you're an actual player, you might have a stronger opinion on this. But as yeah. a fan, I, I mean, they still get the opportunity to kind of personalize their dressed up look, too. I mean, you see guys like Brent Burns doing it real big and other guys getting real crazy colored suits, pinstripes, whatever. You can still have fun with it. So I'm yeah. here for it either way. Absolutely. I think I mean, to be perfectly blunt the amount of things i care about leading up to and going into the nhl season this would probably be at the bottom of the list because i just want to see hockey i don't want to talk about what your brother would disagree my brother would disagree and he would probably (laughs) come up with some fire fits for all these guys but i who literally wear a hoodie and athletic shorts every day don't give a shit so Uh, moving on Vegas golden Knights goaltender, Robin Leonard has accused the NHL. Once again, this time he's accusing NHL teams of medical malpractice. So this is some pretty serious stuff coming from this guy who has really not held back when it's come to criticize the league in the past. This time Leonard accused NHL teams of offering benzos and Ambien to players without prescriptions. The Swedish goalie threatened to release one story a day, unless things get fixed. He says, I've made crazy amounts of mistakes, but lying about what I've seen for 12 years is not one of them. I don't care what they say. I don't lie about these things. I'll keep going. I have stored stories for a year. Watch now when the NHL will try and cancel me. Yikes. Um, So I'm no mathematician, but I don't know if you guys heard, but Elaine Vigneault was one of the names that was called out in his, uh, I guess, Twitter rant, if you want to call it that. So the only player who would have come to Vegas from the Flyers is Nolan Patrick, who we know has had concussion problems. So I can't help but think that there's been something said between the two of them about maybe how his injuries were handled last year. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just saying it sounds like to me, if there's a reason he's bringing up Vigno, who I don't think he's ever played for before, most likely candidate is probably Patrick is telling him something. Um, whether it's true or not, I don't know. One would think so. I think a lot of this is just coming from his time in Buffalo, I think is where this all stemmed from. And I think, you know, the that. Flyers did put out something the other day saying that while Patrick was a part of their system, he was not given anything that was not prescribed to him. I obviously no one knows what's true and what's not, but Harry, I, you know, part of your brain starts to act up where it goes, you know, if this isn't true, how can he get this specific about it? 
for sure. I have a couple things to say. I'll make it quick. Number one, I don't know if you guys saw, but Gary Bettman in reaction to uh, Leonard's tweets had some statement where it was like, if you want to get our attention, you don't need to get on Twitter. We have an 800 hotline and that's just <laughs> fucking hilarious. Fuck you, Gary Bettman. Fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> that's peak. Like I'm over 60 type. Thing. Yeah. Literally. What, what person under the age of like 70 years old right now would call an 800 number versus tweeting something i mean it's also just funny that he thought that saying that would somehow be like a good idea and wouldn't get him absolutely ridiculed coming from a dude who literally gets booed relentlessly anytime he shows his face in any of the 32 buildings in the league yeah anyway moving on i didn't get a chance to watch this yet but i saw that laner today tweeted just a link with no explanation i clicked on it (laughs) went to youtube it's like a 15 minute press conference with him i have not had a chance to listen to that yet uh, but i gotta think there's some good info in there so i'll kind of refrain from elaborating too much on that until i get a chance to watch that nick the only thing i would say going back to what you said is you know there have been a well i can really only think of one in the most recent memory but when people are getting into stuff this specific and it's like yeah like this has to be true like who would make this up we just got to be careful because for sure, even the whole Evander Kane thing, like gambling on his games. Just, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know if it's technically over. I'm not good at like law verbiage, but from what I've heard, I didn't the NHL, the NHL that, concluded their discussion last or investigation last week and, and nothing happens. So, right. I mean, you got to so, yeah, be absolutely. Someone can make careful. this stuff up. I think what I was saying is like, it does set off that thing in your brain where you go, I, I he's agree. saying all this. I agree. It, it could be true. Uh, more on Evander Kane real quick. I just got this ding on my phone as we started recording, but the NHL is now reportedly investigating him in the possibility of violating COVID policy by submitting a fake vaccination card. <laughs> I also have Jesus in my notes Christ. that I literally cannot make this stuff up anymore. Like, he, you know, he uh, he's under investigation for being under investigation. Pretty much forever, at this for point. Everything. So who knows what's going to happen gonna, about that? Uh, that does come from uh, front office sports. Uh, so we'll have to follow that a bit more closely. Last thing before we wrap up the news, the Leafs did extend their head coach, Sheldon Keith for two more seasons. So it looks like they're sticking with the guy behind the bench for Kyle Dubas and the Buds. I think that wraps it up for news. So let's go ahead and hop into some injuries real quick. We have some significant ones to get to. Uh, And we're going to start with some not great news for the majority of this podcast being Washington Capitals fans. That's going to be Nick Backstrom. He says that he has no timeline in mind for returning from this hip injury. He is, has not skated throughout training camp. You can go ahead and cross off the season opener. That's not happening. So he has ruled out having another surgery. He had one back in 2015. And apparently this is just a result of wear and tear over the last six years. So the caps essentially could put this guy on long-term IR to get relief from the 9.2 million salary cap hit, but that would force him to miss the first 10 games of the season. The first thought that goes into my brain, Mac, I'm sure you're thinking this is long with me is okay. That's fine put Backy on the shelf for 10 games. I, it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready in 10 games anyways and use that 9.2 to help the team this year. I would agree with you. I mean, I got to say, just the fact that we're having this discussion, I am straight up not having a good time. Uh, Backstrom <laughs> is 
he's probably my favorite player as you uh as we've said before he's the heart and soul of the team he is just an unbelievable talent that uh is extremely underrated every single year and without fail does his job on a night in night out basis so uh you know do we want to be without him in the lineup no of course not however is there a benefit to putting him on that LTIR I think so I think definitely with some some young guns having a chance to show their talent Connor Connor McMichael Hendricks LaPierre we've got some depth there with some question marks this could be a good opportunity to iron out those question marks turn them into solid numbers, figure out exactly what we're dealing with with some of those younger guys. So the Caps have to look at it as an opportunity to see what they've got in their young depth. Absolutely. Harry, any thoughts? No, the only other uh, completely unrelated, I just want to add that the Canucks did re-up Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. So congrats to them because they would have been fucked. Pedersen got three years at 7.35 per, and Hughes got six years at 7.85 per. Yes, and best of wishes to Backstrom. I hate the Capitals, but kind of hard to hate Backy, so. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to hate a first ballot Hall of Famer, but um, (laughs) Edmonton Oilers forward Joss Archibald is out indefinitely due to mitocarditis. That's as close as I'm going to get with that medical term. Um, and had COVID-19 over the summer, head coach Dade Tippett reported on Sunday. The forward is the second Edmonton player to have this condition, which is an inflammation of a heart muscle after contracting COVID-19. So I don't know if we're supposed to think that it's a direct side effect, but they're making it seem like we are. Uh, that would the other player is goaltender Alex Staylock and is expected to miss the entire season after going through this whole thing. So this is horrible. I mean, you know, we rip on the Oilers a lot, but no one ever wants this to happen to another person. So I just want to wish Josh a speedy recovery and hope he feels better and can get back to skating soon. Uh, we mentioned this guy last week as well. Sammy Niku was picked up by the Habs on waivers. Uh, and then he sustained a concussion in Friday night's exhibition loss to the Ottawa Senators. So Dude, preseason injuries are the worst. They're they are the worst. So frustrating, especially when they're two talented younger players like Niku. This was an interesting pickup for them. I was kind of excited to see how that panned out. Uh, you know, like you said about Archibald, we wish the best to this guy. Hopefully he can get back to skating soon. Concussions are never fun. They're always scary. So Hopefully it's something that will be resolved relatively quickly, but you never know with those kinds of things. They could be a week. They could be a whole year. For sure. Uh, another young guy who got hurt in the preseason, Jacob Vrana is going to undergo shoulder surgery and is expected to miss at least four months. So that sucks. If you're a Red Wings fan, love Vrana. Wish nothing but the best for him. Hopefully he gets back on the ice soon. Love V, of course. However, uh, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if it was Puck Empire or what page it was, but somebody posted it was like a 10 Instagram slide type of thing um, with like, I think they were uh, submitted things from fans that were like hot takes for the season, basically. And one of them was it was something along the lines of like, Jacob Rana will have the best year of his career, making the Capitals look absolutely ridiculous for this trade. if you're not watching on youtube or on instagram where i feel like this one might end up mac is currently flipping the camera off but yeah you're not wrong there was a ton of backlash on that trade and a lot of people said let's wait and see so 
Oh man, I love it. Um, yeah, sucks for Verona. Caps win the trade for now. Too, too for soon? Now. Am I not yeah, allowed to say that because of an injury? Know. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we'll see. That might be bad. But Still whatever. looks better. The than point the Mart- is, yeah, yeah it looks better than the Martin Erat trade already. So I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, um, so we are going to hop into our Atlantic Division preview. You're right. It is that time of the year again. Time for some season previews, some future picks. But before we do, Mac has a message for everyone about Sharp Rank, who's going to be powering all of our gambling this season. That's right. So yeah, before we move on, we just want to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sport rating system, ranking bettors from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate. Even you, SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. Beautiful. Great app. Um, we are partnering with them this season. They're a startup company. They're local guys out of Baltimore. The way I would put it is it's like a combination of like stock guru and Facebook for gamblers. It's so a good way to w- put it. One, you can like have friends on the app. You can follow people that you where you like their picks on the app. You can follow team trends on the app. You can create groups on the app. You can do just about everything social wise you can think of similar to Facebook. And in terms of Stock Guru, it tracks all of your records. So if you pick something, once game time starts, it's locked in and it keeps your tally for every pick that you make. Um, You know, the one thing I would say is that we're obviously going to be sticking to hockey, but it can do any sport. You can filter people and their records by sports. It's a really cool app. Um, These guys are working day and night to keep it running, get it going. They've got some great partnerships. And I believe if you're in a state where gambling is legal, you can actually have it be a pathway to get you to an actual sports book. So you can bet through SharpRank to get to MGM. That might not be the perfect verbiage, but it's something similar to that. Yeah, you can place your MGM bets through their app. Yes. So and go if check it out. If there's multiple books in your state that are you know open and running, you can p- compare lines between the two and pick whichever one you want more. So. Yes. So go check it out. Go download it. Follow us. Um, There's a tiering system. So you got gold, silver, bronze, amateur. Um, Obviously, we're gold. You guys follow us enough. So you know that. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a fun season. Thank you, Sharp Rank, for uh, powering our gambling picks this year. Appreciate it. All right. Well, it is division preview time. Uh, It's that time of the year again, the time when numbers and words just, you know, flash through my brain at like a 30 second interval. So let's start with the Atlantic. We're going to start with the Boston Bruins. They come into this as a plus 450 to win this division, head coached by Bruce Cassidy in his sixth season. What do we think, boys? What do we got to talk about here? Good team. I think what comes to mind first, they lose David Krejci. He went home to Czech Republic, right? Um, Rask is a huge question mark. He's currently on no team's roster. He's coming back from a surgery, I believe. Um, and they also lost Darth Vladar. So, uh, oh, and Yaroslav Halak, right? So they yep. are currently yeah. holding it down in the tender zone with Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman. For that reason, this team is kind of a question mark, honestly. I mean, they still have that top line of Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak. We all know how lethal that line can be. 
Um, another question mark, can Charlie Coyle step up and be a solid second line center, replace Krejci? A lot of questions here. What do you guys think? Can Swayman, like, I mean, Swayman won me a fantasy hockey championship basically in the last quarter of the season last year. It, like, I mean, do we feel good enough about Allmark and Swayman to the point where we're just not writing this team off right off the bat? Well, I think it comes down to who's playing in front of them too, right? Their decor. And that's, as of now, Daily Faceoff has it at Derek Forbort with Charlie McAvoy, Mac Rizlick with Brandon Carlo, and Mike Riley with Connor Clifton. To me, that is a very average decor at best scorching hot take incoming i don't think the bruins are gonna make the playoffs part of me was gonna say that too and honestly i do hope you're right i just i don't know like your second line is taylor hall and charlie Coyle, and that's good and okay craig smith like all right i don't know i just i don't necessarily see a ton here that jumps it jumps out to me and screams success yeah, I think DeBrusque is going to be looking to have a turnaround year, right? He struggled a bit last year, too. Um, we'll see. I mean, I I don't know. They, they are a big question mark for me. I, I'm not quite sure where to rank this team. I think, uh, as we'll get to with some of these Metro teams later, it's going to depend a lot on how the rest of the division is doing, how quick of a start other teams get off to, can the Bruins hang around long enough, Will Rask return halfway through the season? I kind of think he will. Um, I think if he isn't signed anywhere else, he'll come back. Yeah, I, I think he's – the rumors I have heard is that he's coming back to the Bruins. He's simply waiting until he's feeling 100% to sign a short-term deal, like a one- or two-year type deal with the Bruins. Um and kind of see how that pans out. Now, obviously, there's tons of factors that go into that. They That may or may not happen. But again, that's just yet another question mark that comes with this team right now. You know, if, if they hang around long enough and then he shows up in, you know, November or something like that and he's playing as good as ever, then, yeah, they probably will make the playoffs. But that's a big if. We really just have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think they're going to suck. So let me – preface my statement by saying that but when you look at some of the other teams in this division in tampa florida toronto i just think that those three are still a step above them especially in terms of regular season play if we were talking playoffs obviously toronto we can talk about that later but to me i mean i the goaltending's a little sus the defense is okay i mean obviously mcavoy is arguably a top five defenseman in the league. He's an absolute stud and he really broke out last season. I think he should have been up for the Norris trophy, but you know, Forbert, Grizzlick, Carlo, um, I'm a big Mike Riley guy on the bottom six. I mean, you know, or I'm sorry, bottom pair. It's okay. I mean, obviously the first line is insane. I think Hall and Coyle on the second line are very good, but after that, it really drops off for me. Um, DeBrusque got to bounce back big time. Um, you guys will hear this later in he the He was episode. each one of our fourth liners at some point last year. You'll hear this later in the episode in the Metro Division, but a guy that this kind of reminds me of, he's like Jason Zucker for the Penguins. You've got to get more production out of him. Very capable, plays a gritty game, but you need him to shoot the puck. He's got to be a 20, 25-goal guy for this team. Um, I like Howell at third line, but you know, I don't think – I think people are overhyping the Felino thing. I think whatever, like – Big whoop. He wore a C in, you know, Columbus. He did nothing in Toronto. So I don't really see that as a big deal. I don't know. I'm just thinking they're going to be 
probably fourth or fifth in this division. I don't think they're going to suck. I still think they'll be competitive, but I don't see them beating out the Leafs, the Panthers, or the Lightning. And personally, I think five teams are going from the Metro. So, And I think that's a great point is you have to remember that even if this team, you could say they're, oh, this could be like a first or second wildcard spot team. The Metro and the Atlantic could both send four teams to the playoffs very easily. Yes. Yeah, or the Metro could send five. You never exactly. Know. Which one I think thing, might happen. One thing that I will say is that the Bruins won't be the last place team in that division because I think we know who will. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Death taxes and the Sabres suck again. Yeah, um, let's try and keep this one under two minutes. <laughs> okay, let's play a game. Everyone right. say something nice about the Buffalo Sabres lineup. Go pull it up real quick, and we'll all say something nice. They handle the okay. Jack Eichel situation very well. It's going no, but like something God. that's nice and is true. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I, I actually, I'll start I, because I broke down this team and I tried. I tried. I mean, you can see in my notes, uh, the first thing I wrote was what, can we even say here this is a shit team that's possibly going to be even shittier than they were last season which is hard to believe because they're pretty fucking bad but uh one thing that i found that i could say that i like about this team is i kind of like their second line it's anders bjork dylan cousins and tage thompson of course i'd much rather this be like my third maybe even fourth line but i like that those three together uh, I actually loved how Anders Bjork played just for the like last couple of games of the season that he was with the Sabres after that Taylor Hall trade. He had nothing to lose. You know, he'd just gotten traded from a good team to a bad team, and he played with grit. He played like he didn't care. He played like he was trying to be a spoiler. So, you know, more of that. Um, I like Craig Anderson. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's still got a little bit of gas left in the tank. I think that's a guy that has a lot of pride and is somebody that is not, you know, just going to roll over. He still wants to play in the NHL. He still wants to be a starting goalie. So I think that that's something nice I can say too, is that they got a goalie that, you know, as old as he might be, you can say he's past his prime, whatever. He's still with it as far as, you know, he's got his head in the right place and he wants to win games. So that's one thing that I will say they have going for them. You know, Mac, I give you a lot of credit for, for actually finding some positives because there definitely aren't many. Here's the only positive twist I can pretty much find on this lineup. Dylan Cousins needs to keep growing. I mean, I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. Uh and Casey Middlestat is going to be given a chance to prove what we all thought he was when he came into the league. And that is he can be a great top six forward for a good team. Sabres are not a good team, but he's going to have a chance to prove that his stock is going to go back up because he's had a rough couple seasons in Buffalo bouncing up and down from the a that's pretty much about it that I can think of. That's a good one too. I think, you know, looking at the the left side of the defense here, you've got Darlene, Hag, and Butcher. I don't hate that. No, I, I like that a lot. There's some teams that have a lot worse than that. And Darlene has shown us some serious skill in this training camp alone. I honestly, I have a really good feeling about this guy. He's super young. I have a feeling we're going to see him in the league as like a top pairing defenseman for like the next 20 years. 20. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So that's... That's all I have to say about that to quote Forrest Gump. Want to move on to the wings? Yes. So they have the same odds as the Sabres to win this division. They're both plus 15,000, LOL. Uh, Mac, 
thoughts on the wings here? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I would have liked to say they were in better shape if, you know, if they had Vrana um, for a full season. I Don't get me wrong. This team still has some talented guys. They've got Bobby Ryan. They've got Bertuzzi. They've got Fabry. All those guys are capable. They pick up Pius Suter. I think he's pretty good. He showed, you know, rumblings of being a, a high caliber NHL player. It, there's again, there's question marks here. Um, they've, they're going to miss Mantha's size and speed for sure. They still have some big bodies. You know, Adam Erne is like a, you know, a big rig third or fourth line type of guy. Um, they won't be able to score a lot of goals. In my opinion, I, I look at this lineup. They've got Dylan Larkin. Yeah, Fabry could maybe do a 20 goal season or something like that. Um, their D, though, I I actually kind of like the decor, and that's why I included it here in the notes just to read it off. As of now, Daily Faceoff has them lining up as follows: Dan DeKaiser, Philip Ronick, Nick Letty with Moritz Sider, and Mark Stahl with Troy Stetcher. I don't hate that at all. I don't love the third pair, but I'm going to be honest. I think that second one is great. Moritz Sider is someone that everyone has been so high on coming out of the DEL. And I remember when they took him, everyone was saying that this kid is, he's going to be the future of this back end. And I think pairing him with a guy like Nick Letty, who has experience with both playing shutdown and puck moving is great. I think that's just a great example of a, you know, steady Eddie, Nick Letty teaching someone how to, you know, learn the ropes of being a journeyman NHL defenseman. And Philip Ronick had a great year last year, um, even though he was on a shitty team. Um, he actually ended up being a decent fantasy guy. I remember him being a huge pain in the ass to play against when he was on, I think he was on my cousin's team last year and and he put up numbers. So um, that'll be interesting. Goaltending is not pretty. I mean, Nedeljkovic showed signs of being able to be a capable goaltender. We'll see if that continues. Thomas Grice, I don't really have a whole lot of good things to say about him, but um, that was yeah. your uh, your cousin George Costanza, right? Yeah, that's right, <laughs> Nick Costanza. Um, I think the you know how like every year there's a fun team. Maybe last year you could say it's like the Senators. I don't know. I think the Wings are this year's fun team. They're not going to make the playoffs, but there's a lot of young talent that's on the opening night roster, and I'm going to assume will probably make its way into the roster, you know, midway through the year with the couple draft picks they have. I mean, they have a top five rated prospect pool, but, you know, Philip Zadina, I can't wait to see what this kid can do. I mean, he's got all the big boy shot right there. It's a big boy shot, a lot of potential. I think he's going to be a fun one. Pius Suter. Mac touched on him earlier. Um, you know, Nemestikov is going to be given a big role here, especially with Ron out. You know, he's there's a very strong chance he can crack top six minutes. Uh, I think they're a fun team. I just, you know, I think they're a spoiler team. Maybe not quite to the degree. I think the Devils are the biggest spoiler team this year. But I don't think the Wings are too far behind that. So that's all I'll say. They're a fun team this year. Out of this, the, the Wings and the the Sabers have the same odds to win this division. Both are plus fifteen thousand. Out of these two teams, who finishes higher? I think the Wings. I disagree wings. with them being the same. I think uh, I meant to say this when we were talking about the Sabers. I don't think we ever see Eichel put on that sweater again. 
I think it's, for it's that not going to happen. Yeah. And for that reason too, that the, what that does to the team, just knowing that that's kind of going on in the background, that can't be good. There's a million things wrong with the Buffalo Sabres. I don't think there's a million things wrong with the Red Wings. I think they have their problems. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that you can say they're in the same level of the basement as the Sabres. And I think the the number one reason that you can say that, like you say, there's a million things wrong with the Sabres that, and that might not necessarily be wrong with the wings. Number one on that list has to be goaltending Alex Nedeljkovic and Thomas Grace. That's a Mm. lot more confidence inspiring, no offense than Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell. And Grice, Mac, I agree with you. Not huge on him maybe as a starter, but as a backup, I like that. He's got some good experience. He'll like have uh, the random night where he has like 40 saves and like one goal against or something like that for sure. Yeah. And he can definitely stand in if there's an injury or if there's back-to-backs or something, it's not the worst guy to steal a game here and there. Yeah, no, for sure. Also fun team. Yeah. The last thing I'll say, Harry, you touched on prospects, Lucas Raymond, just keep your eyes open. Yeah. I forgot to mention him. I was just looking at that now. So I apologize, but yes, him too. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. That kid is going to be something special. Uh, Moving on, let's move down to the Sunshine State. We have the Florida Panthers coming in as a plus 550 to win this division. Mac putting on his Cats jacket right now. Ooh, that's a snazzy jacket. Uh, I already Is that starter? Yes. Yeah, you know it. Uh, Joel Quinville is in his third season with the Cats. What do we think? A lot of things have been thrown around about this team. I've seen everything from not making the playoffs to winning the Stanley Cup. What do we think? I am am very, very big on the Cats. Spoiler alert, Mac, I don't think you are as much as me, um, but I'm big on the Cats this year. I would say that, in my opinion – they are the best value pick to win the Stanley Cup, and they are definitely the best value pick to win this division at plus 550. When you combine like realistic like chance of doing it and value, yes. I 100% agree. I love I the cats. At, I love the cats at plus 550 for this division. That is personally going to be my pick for this division to win. One, because I think it can happen. And two, I think the value is just way too great. Um, so let's kind of, you know, start from the top. Obviously, they've got superstars in, yeah, and I'll use the word superstar in Huberdo and Barkov. Um, they lead the pack. That back end, I like the back end a lot. I know Ekblad had some uh, some injuries last season, but he'll be back. He's going to be, obviously, their ace. Love Mackenzie Weger. Um, you know, you got Forsling and Montour. They're decent. And then you got the sniper himself, Radko Gudis. And uh, Nudivara. Sorry, that's I, I like, that's elite NHL sniper Radko Gudis. My bad. Thank you for correcting me. Hey, uh, don't sleep, especially if you're a fantasy player. Do not sleep on Carter Verhage. That player is yeah, something else. He is awesome Mr. last consistent. year. Mr. Consistent. He is a great player. He, you know, he's the exact type of player that I liked to think that I was in my heyday when I was playing high school hockey and and all those kinds of things where uh, you know, I, I might like not you... have the talent myself, but if you put me on a line with two really talented players and I crash the net hard enough, I'm going to score <laughs> like 25 goals. Type. Of I, thing, feel, you know? I feel like, like you could out crease monkey him. <laughs> My point here is, is Carter Verhage a superstar player in and of itself? Probably not. No, he's definitely not somebody that people talk about all the time with other superstars, but 
you put him on a line with Barkov and Reinhardt and watch what this guy can do. Even if he ends up getting paired up with Huberdo at some point, it's possible. Um, I love him. I think he's a pest to play against and he always finds the back of the net. So would uh Harrison, would a fair comparison here be to say that Carter Verhage is what Jake Gensel is to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Um, I, to be honest with you, I had the perfect comparison in my head. I think Martin Natchez on the Hurricanes is a great comparison. Okay. Plays with two good players, kind of just got their He's names recognized last season. I would bigger consider- than Verhage for sure, though. Yeah, he is. But in terms of like production, skill level, play with on a good team in the same division with two great players on that first line, that's kind of what I think of. I would like to think of Gensi as, I mean, He's probably going to make Team USA, I would assume. I mean, I think he's going to he a is. little more. I think he can carry a line a little more than Verhage could. Yeah, I um, would agree with you. I think Gensel has a little more pure talent just by himself. Um, but, yeah. yeah, you're not too far off base. The one reason uh, Harrison touched on it earlier, excuse me, the one reason that I am not huge, huge on the Panthers, I'd have to say their defense. I I don't know. I, I want this team to be good, and I I do like them as a sleeper pick. I like them to win the division. I like their odds, all that. But when I look at the back end, Wegar and Ekblad, Forsling and Brandon Montour, Marcus Nudivara and Gudis, I, I like it, but I just get the feeling that something is missing with this team. I didn't really know what else to say in my notes other than just I feel like mm-hmm. this team is missing something that I can't quite put my finger on. Do I think they make the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think they can win a round, maybe even two? Sure. I just don't think they're a Stanley Cup caliber team yet. I love Spencer Knight and Sergey Bob battling it out for starters crease. I don't think that that is a recipe to win the Stanley Cup this year. Spencer Knight will win the starting job, and yes. he's going to win the Calder Trophy. You heard it here I, first. I kind of like that a lot. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I said I love their decor. And then I was like com- pretty much going through it and was like, oh, it's kind of average. I don't know why yeah. I do that. It's my podcast like voice coming alive. So I apologize. I don't love it. I'm kind of with Mac. I think it's OK, but I think the forward depth is awesome. Um, I think this is something where you're missing. And Mac, I think you nailed it perfectly. They're missing something and you don't necessarily know what it is right now. Maybe it's another defenseman on the left or right that we're going to find out halfway through the season. Maybe it's a top six forward. Maybe it's a bottom six scoring forward. Who knows what it is? It will be revealed this year. And that's why I think they don't win it all this year is because they need a year where they are a good team and they are a favorite, but something is missing they figure it out maybe they come back next year or the year after and they're the the true favorite powerhouse by then we'll see but i think they team. they also have assets at their disposal where they can go after something like that this season so they could be one of these teams that's loading up at the deadline you never know but it's just something gonna, to keep your eye on I, i'm gonna actually like somewhat ish disagree with you guys about having a missing piece. I think they're ready. I'm, I'm big on the cats and I know I keep saying that, but I think their depth up front speaks for itself. I think that can kind of overcompensate for some uh, defensive uh, mediocrity, if you will. The biggest question mark for me is, and I'm not even going to assume Bobrovsky at this point, but what can Spencer Knight do? Cause it always comes down to goaltending and, you know, it, only, it takes a hot goalie. I mean, we've seen rookie goalies get hot. Murray, Bennington, can Knight do it? I don't know. But I think the Cats are a top five team in the league, personally. 
Right, but it's like you said, is he going to be Matt Murray, Jordan Binnington, or is he going to be like Carter Hart and kind of take a couple years to find his path? We'll see. It is a question mark at this point. But I also think it's worth mentioning, check out who their third-line center is that's got to count for something. Joe Thornton. Love it. That's true. We didn't talk about that yet, but yeah, Yeah. that is an interesting pickup um, that definitely can't go undiscussed. For sure. Moving on, let's go to the team that made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final last year, the Montreal Canadiens. Dominic Ducharme head coaches them into his second season with the club. They finished fourth in the Scotia North Division last year and, like I said, ultimately lost to Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. Can we expect another playoff repeat from this team? I know there's a ton going on with injuries with them this offseason. What is your guys' impressions of this team going into this season? Um, well, for me, I think the biggest thing is they don't have their captain this year and their best defenseman. That's got to be the biggest headline going into the season is that Shea Weber is going to be out all year. I think, it was an, I think it was an ankle problem, if I remember correctly. He's had several surgeries on it in the past, I think, or if not surgeries, and I'm mis- mistaken, it's been several injuries. His ankles have always been... Um, one of the things that have plagued him throughout the past couple of seasons, but that's tough. Is Price ready for opening night? I know there was. Does anyone know? I have no idea to be honest. I believe so, based on what I'm looking at right now, but we all know okay. that that could change. Because he was battling an injury too, but whatever. I don't know. I, like, you know how there's always one team where someone's going to advertise it to you, but you just can't buy it? It's always the Habs for me. And I ate shit last year, and I'll fully admit that. We sat in Nick's basement. We had Mac in town. It was fucking two degrees outside in January with, you know, everyone like, oh, my God, is the NHL going to play because of COVID and blah, 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 blah. And it happened, and I sat in the basement. And I said the Canucks were going to finish above the Canadians in standings, and I got it shoved literally right up my ass. So – I learned my lesson in doubting them. I, I really have, I always awesome. doubt them. I'm guilty. But this year, given the injuries, given the run, given the young guys that are, that are going to have to come in, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I know that we're going to mention this in the interview and that, you know, you can't discount what they did last year, but I am and I will. So Call that. me crazy. I'm going to completely disagree with you. I think that this team is somehow going to either find its way back into a wild card spot or just close enough to a wild card spot. And maybe they miss it by a few points, but going over this lineup, I kind of don't hate it. I mean, there's nothing on here that jumps out and screams a plus number one superstar to you, but I'm looking to see what Caulfield can do this year. I think the the top line of him, Suzuki and Toffoli looks good. I honestly, I love the second line. Drewan, Christian Dvorak, and Josh Anderson. That's awesome. I love that too. Dvorak was a great pickup. I feel like his talent was totally wasted in Arizona, and it'll be great to see what Drewan can come back with. I think this is a good fit for Dvorak for whatever reason. Um, it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens here. Um, you know, Dano and Kokaniemi are big losses, but by adding Dvorak, and don't forget Matthew Perot. I know all you Caps fans out there remember that name. That guy's pesky to play against, even still. Um, and by grabbing those two, they kind of find cheaper options that that might end up working out well enough for them to replace those two names they lost. Um, 
Here's what I'll say to touch on kind of what Harrison talked about and what he has talked about every time we talk about the Habs, how their COVID fluke team, whatever, um, you know, you can definitely make an argument for that. However, I think this is the year to find out, is this actually a fluky team or are they legit? Are they a Stanley Cup caliber team? In my opinion, we'll find out this season. Flukes do not last for three years in a row. You can get lucky for a year or two. I think if they end up making the, the postseason this season and, you know, even winning one round, I think that's confirmation for me enough to say that this has not been a fluke and that they have what it takes to contend. Yeah, I think looking at like the fourth line, having Cedric Paquette as your fourth line center, that's huge as well. Love the first D pairing Edmondson and Petrie. If they're both healthy, they're both rocking. That's a great one. Honestly, don't hate the second one. That's Alexander Romanov and then David Savard, too. I think that's fantastic. Obviously, the big question comes on their third defense pairing with Ben Sherrod and Chris Weidman. Not really sure what that's going to look like. I think that the name of the game for these guys is no one else can get hurt, which is unfortunate because you know you're going to have injuries throughout an 82-game NHL season. Harry, you mentioned that Shea Weber is out to start the year. Paul Byron, who was a huge huge presence on this team making it to the cup final last year is also out to start the season and Mike Hoffman who I think if added to this lineup could produce something special is day-to-day right now so if he can come back at the beginning of this year and this team can start clicking I I do I genuinely believe that a wild card or even like a I don't know maybe like a four or three slot in here is is not too far out of the question yeah I mean again it's just maybe built into me but I'm not picking up what they're putting down. You lose your captain. You lose your number one D-man. It's really hard for teams to recover from that. I think that's really the kicker for me. Um, And I also kind of, you know, foreshadowing here, but I don't think the Ottawa Senators are going to suck that much anymore for much longer. I could see them making some noise this season. So that might play a role in my my prediction for this team. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, how about we talk about them? Sounds great. We move on to the Senators, who are a plus 10,000 to win this division. DJ Smith comes into his third season coaching this club. They finished sixth in the North last year and did not qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. What do we think of this team going into this season? Because I feel like everyone knows what Pierre Dorian has been saying. We've been covering this for what, like a couple months now that he said the rebuild is over and now we're ready to start pushing for a Stanley cup, which he thinks is going to happen in three years. Lofty goal for sure. However, (laughs) I will mention, although it is a small sample size in five games, Matt Murray closed out the season with a nine 54 save percentage and two shutouts after returning from an upper body injury that had kept them out for about a month. That's Again, only five games compared to his whole season, which was kind of shit. Actually, it was very shit. I won't even sugarcoat that one. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's their biggest question mark. If Matt Murray can actually find his game and play well, they could totally be a contender. I mean, they've got a lot of young firepower. Stutzel, Batherson, Josh Norris, Shane Pinto. They've got names that are ready to hit their stride, ready to be – a top name in the league. Um, They've got all the potential in the world. I also like that they added Nick Holden and Zach Sanford. Sanford, I I honestly love this. I think this could be a market where that guy finally gets the chance to be a true top six forward. I think that guy has still room to grow. He's, you know, he's won a Stanley Cup now with the Blues, right? Yes. 
Um, and I, he didn't, he score the cup winning goal. He did. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy that's totally capable. However, I feel like he's been on the caps and the blues and he's been totally outshined by a lot of other superstars on both of those teams. Suddenly he's like easily one of the biggest names on this lineup. Now, um, if he could continue to produce suddenly that could be like a top six guy for them. And, uh, I don't know. I kind of like that. However, back to Murray, if he sucks, it's, <laughs> it's all over because they've got Anton <laughs> Forsberg behind him. So it's very true. And it's very possible. He does. I think biggest thing to kind of get this season without any drama in it is you got to get Brady Kachuk extended before the end of the year. Right now he's the last big name RFA. Who's not signed. He's only been in the league. What this is going to be his third season. And he's yep. he's probably considered like a veteran on this team. Uh, that's how young they are. So he's got to get re-upped because I feel like you don't want that going into the start of the year. You don't want that in the locker room. And that's a trend with this GM. He likes to kind of putz yeah. around with signing quote-unquote superstars. And, you know, they're they're very stubborn about what they're looking for. And they don't really seem to be willing to uh, move to the player's preferences on that which is unfortunate but it's the way it is i yeah i don't think this team is is making the playoffs in really any scenario here i think you you can look up and down their roster you know alex formanton one of the fastest players in the league i think people say he's in the top five tons of talent there i love the austin watson pickup you know throw some muscle in there why not their defense has a ton of question marks for me uh specifically the uh, second and third pairing on the left-hand side with Michael Delzato and Nick Holden, guys that I think, in my opinion, have been on the fringe of being a seventh defenseman for like the last four or five years. Uh, Zaitsev, Brandstrom, Shabbat, those are the guys that you're going to rely on to luck your big minutes. So, yeah, I, you know, it's it's tough to call with this team, but it's pretty easy to say that they're not making the playoffs. I mean, I don't know where they'll end up, you know, but, you know, just being in the Atlantic, you can obviously say that they're going to be around the bottom of this division. Yeah, the defense is not good enough. Shabbat and Zub as their number one combo. Shabbat's a great player. I don't think Zub should be your top, yeah. your, your number two defenseman, you know, whatever. Delzato and Zaitsev, that's okay. But, you know, it, it's like Nick said, a lot of these guys are borderline seventh, maybe sixth defenseman type guys. That ultimately won't be good enough, especially when they're playing in front of Matt Murray. Huge question mark. And if he doesn't get help from the D, he's probably going to suck too, so. Yep. Big Brandstrom guy. Big Love year for Eric him to Brandstrom. Break, big year for him to break out. I think in terms of defense, yeah, it's a little sus. You've basically got your three question marks. Zub, Delzato, Holden. You know Zaitsev and Shabbat can carry the load, and Brandstrom's got to progress. I think this is the year we're going to see, you know, did the Eric Carlson trade pan out? You got um, – did they trade Brandstrom for Carlson? Why do I feel like they did? They did. Okay, so Brandstrom – uh, Josh Norris, you know, these guys that are first round picks that you get for Carlson. Now you guys see if they pan out. I think they're going to be decent. I think they're going to be pesky. I think they finished right there with Montreal in the standings, to be perfectly honest with you. Nick, to My talk opinion. about guys that saved and uh, helped your fantasy team win a championship last year, how about Drake Batherson, right? Yep, he was awesome. Uh, just honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think the Senators won the Eric Carlson trade already, just well, based on. I mean, Sort of. Nobody's this done year will yet, be a but, big, big yeah. year to find out yeah. the winner of that trade, honestly, for both parties. But yeah. I think Batherson, no, to, uh, 
a very important team. Yes. Real quick before we move on, I will say Mac Batherson. That's a great call. He's going to be another huge fantasy player this year because you know he's getting huge sleeper, big boy minutes this time. Uh, moving on to Champa Bay, the Bolts come in at a plus 130 to win this. It's Cooper's 10th season coaching this team, which is nuts to think about. I feel like I'm still waiting for serial killer slash Bond villain Guy Boucher to show up behind the bench with that like disgustingly scarred face he had. But anyways, uh, they finished third in the Descent- Discover Central Division last year, ended up winning the Stanley Cup for their second straight year. The big question is, and I'm going to start with this one right off the bat, because let's not wait around. Can this team three-peat? No. Do you want me to explain why not? Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. The third line is why they cannot three-peat. Just to break it down for you, this was previously, and help me out here, it was Goudreau, Gord, and... Paquette. Yes. Uh now we're looking at now we're looking at a possibility of Alex Barry Boulay, Ross Colton, and Matthew Joseph, or maybe Pat Maroon, Pierre Edouard Belmar, and Corey Perry. All those guys are decent players, but they just don't provide that same kind of firepower as that previous third line. Um, and actually, I think. Blake Coleman was the guy who was often playing pocket was up there with them sometimes too, but um, all three of those guys are gone. Gord Coleman, Goudreau pocket's gone too. Um, that is a huge loss for them. I think there's a lot of lightning fans out there trying to downplay that loss. I think that's a huge loss for the lightning, not to mention that they've had two straight shortened off seasons. It's hard enough to three peat when you keep your roster relatively the same just because of the toll it takes on you to have that long of a season. You, you couple that with actually losing some seriously key pieces. And I, I don't see it happening. They do still have Kucherov. They have Stamkos. They've got all these stars. They've still got Vasilevsky. He's the best player on the team, hands down, in my opinion. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of like Brian Elliott coming in to back him up. I feel like in the, in the years past, Vazzy has always had some some kind of random guy backing him up, and he doesn't end up playing a lot anyway, so that's fine. But I do I, I think that's an upgrade having Brian Elliott there. He's he's a you know a seasoned guy that knows what he's doing. Um, but I think ultimately that third line will prevent them from repeating. Do they make the playoffs? Yes. Do they you know make some noise in the playoffs? Probably. I don't think they repeat. I couldn't agree more. I, I just, you, you nailed it with the fact that like two long, you know, off seasons, everything with the shortened season last year, I, in my opinion, that almost hurts you more than it helps you. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I mean, when was the last time we had a three to three in a row Stanley cup champion? It has to be the Islanders in the eighties, right? Yeah. I mean, is your question, will they, or can they? I think it was will they, I, and yeah. I don't think they will. Mac I don't think, think they, will. they will. It's hard to lose your entire third line to free agency and then somehow be just as good as you were the season previously, but they are still going to be very good. I mean, you know, Brandon Point, or Bra- I'm sorry, Braden Point. Wow, what a – I think when we started this podcast in 2019, we said he was the most overrated piece of shit in the league. <laughs> we had no reason to hate him other than that everyone was – I wasn't part of that podcast. He, yeah, Mac was not. Yeah. I, never, I never said that. 
and the, the, uh, literally the demo episode for this podcast that Harrison and I recorded in my apartment with like one microphone, I'm pretty sure. Or no, no, it was two, but still it was unreleased like, still, but unreleased and probably will never be released after yeah. now, but uh, was ranking for our centers in the NHL, like one through 20. And I think we like intentionally made it a point to remove Braden point from the top 10. Yeah, well, he's definitely shoved that right back up our hoops. Um, he's a top 10 center in the league, in my opinion, right now. The Lightning are still very good. You, you definitely can't write off, you know, a big four of Kucherov, well, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, Vassy, didn't even talk about Palat, Point. Yeah, I mean, I mean the core is still there. Don't get me sick. wrong. They still they're have sick. like the most important pieces, but you hear the term all the time, defense wins championships. For me in the NHL, third lines win championships. Yeah. Like, like third lines and goalies. Yes, exactly. But like you cannot like look at the last 10 Stanley Cup teams, look at their third lines. They played instrumental roles. Lars Eller mm-hmm. for the Caps, game winning cup goal. Zach Sanford, I want to say he was a third line guy for the he was the the year that he had the cup winning goal. Um, And then you look at how important that third line was for the Lightning in both of their championships. So I think that that just can't be underestimated how big of a loss that is. What are your thoughts on this team's defense? I mean, it's relatively the same. I think the only addition would be Cal Foot coming in with Savard moving out. I still like their yeah, defense. It's I mean, good, but Chernak can hold his own. I don't know much about Ruda. Ruda. I'm not a huge fan of Jan Ruda. I think he, he, he plays he, next to Victor Hedman, and that's all you need to know. Exactly. I mean, he it, yeah. you can put a lot of guys there, and they'll hold their own. It's put this like fucking microphone next Hagee. to him. It's like, yeah, you put a you put a dude that's halfway decent next to him, and you'll make him look like a superstar. But uh, yeah, if, if it was like Jan Ruta playing with Cal Foot, forget about it. They're getting exposed every single time. So, I mean, McDonough, holes. like the there's second one, holes. like McDonough and Chernak, they're McDonough's nasty, dude. He yeah. was, he's, he pretty much asserted himself. He's like, I'm still a top 10 defenseman yeah. after the playoff run. Still well, can't stand him. He's getting old, though. And he's, he's getting up there. He's I getting mean, up there, but we'll he's. See. He played lights out last year, which is why I'm kind of like still high on them because I feel like before last year I was like, it's a great okay, shutdown pair. That he, too, They're, he played they... lights out, but like that's the kind of guy that I'm talking about when I'm talking about the fact that the back-to-back shortened off-season is going to have a an Can effect on some of these players. McDonough is the kind of guy that that's going to affect. It's not. I mean, yeah, he's of that age where that's just it's physically tough to win two championships, have two straight shortened off seasons, and then suddenly be expected or questioned. Can you guys do this again? Like McDonough has got to be feeling it right now. Yeah. And I I think as well as he played, he's got to be feeling it. Yeah. It's a great point. I mean, you factor in, you know, potential injuries down the road. I think another huge question facing this team is who's going to get injured so they can take their salary cap hit off the shelf and sign someone else this year. Well, you know, Stammer's health has to be questioned about their success of this year. He always True. gets hurt. McDonough gets hurt. Still love Sergachev. I guess bottom line is what I'm saying. I like the Lightning, but plus 135 to win the division. Not a good enough price, in my opinion. Nah. No. Is Can this, this the- team repeat again? Yes. Will they? know? Is this the trade Stamkos year? It was the trade Stamkos year two years ago, in I my mean, opinion. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. 
they feel like the longer the they longer they i feel like they've waited too long i don't know how much you can really get you know given his injury plague right yeah at this point it's probably just like keep the fans happy and like keep him around until he inevitably like bums out from injury in like three or four years or something <laughs> wow <laughs> rough crowd all right let's get to the next one i'm excited all right, last team in this division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Buds come in at a plus 220. Sheldon Keefe in his third year, and he's going to be here for two more. All right, I think before we even start talking about this team, the one question I have for you guys, and just remember that we're doing a fantasy hockey league with Rick all year, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Can this team make it into the playoffs and out of the first round with all that's facing them in the Atlantic and the Metro? Uh, pass. <laughs> Hard pass. I mean, it just I don't know. I really don't know. I look at their lineup. I want to say no. I really I'm going to say no. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, I Can I start out with goaltending here? Yep. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later when we get to the Metro and we talk about the Canes. They got Freddie Anderson. The Leafs got rid of Freddie Anderson. They finally moved on from Freddie. Um, they're leaning on Jack Campbell. Uh, I'm a big Peter Mrazek guy. And I think that this is a dude that you look at his last couple seasons, you look at his whole career, honestly, and he's constantly had to battle for playing time. He's a guy that has never really been like the number one dude. I mean, there was a year maybe where for the Canes, he was the number one dude, or even for the Red Wings, he was kind when of um, Howard got hurt. I think he was the starter right. for the Wings. Exactly. But my point there is like, he wouldn't have been unless how, you know, it's all been very like right place, right time for this guy to get his opportunities. And he's, he's usually risen to the task. And so one thing that, I think is worth noting Campbell and Mrazek both spent time on IR last year. So health is definitely going to be a big question mark there. Can these guys stay healthy? I like Andrew, or sorry. I like Mrazek as a guy to kind of drive Campbell to be more competitive. I think that this is a perfect situation where these two goalies will kind of battle out for that starters role and, and only make each other better. Um, I think, oh, what's the stat I had here? Mrazek, yeah, he only made 12 starts last season, um, but in those 12 starts, he had three shutouts. Um, and in my opinion, he's he's been an impressive goaltender for the last couple of years. So I, I actually like the move of getting Freddie out of there. He's a good goalie, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it was the right fit. It was time to move on. Jack Campbell has some promise. You bring you bring Peter Mrazek in just in case Campbell like isn't what you think he is. Um I like what they did on goaltending. However, I don't think it's enough. I look up and down their forward core. I see that right now they've got Nick Ritchie playing with Matthews and Marner instead of Hyman because he's gone. Good luck with that. Um, I also see David Camp, who I am not sold on at all, as their third-line center. Good luck with that. Um, Michael Bunting, yeah, he's got some promise. Andre Kasha, he could be a good player. Ilya Mikheyev, he's, you know, another question mark. There's a lot of guys here that I see question marks around. Marner, can he play well in the postseason? Who knows? I, I just don't have enough confidence to be like, yeah, this is the year that they win a playoff series. And I think that's what it – I mean, that's ultimately the bottom line. You nailed it. Zach Hyman's gone. 
I, I right there, I think you can say that this team won't make the playoffs because of that. That guy was the heart and soul of that team. And I think taking away a depth role player like that, you know, yeah, you still have your your four-headed monster eating up what is it like 15 million out of your your cap hit, but I don't know. Just to me, losing a player like that and trying to replace it with a guy like David Camp just does not seem like it's a, a recipe for success to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them, and I don't think they got better than last season, which is kind of concerning. I still think they're a playoff team. To answer your question, um, I'm actually going to vote no. No, I do not think they can win a playoff series. But, you know, I feel like at this point, it's such a storyline, it's got to break eventually, right? I mean, who knows? But I don't think they got any better than last year, and that's really why I'm going to say I don't think they'll win a playoff series. The one question mark that I have – and Someone please educate me because I, truth be told, haven't seen anything about this in a while. There was a lot of Robert, Ro, Ro, um, who's their prospect? The American. Yeah. Robertson, uh, right? Nick Robertson. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the Stars rookie for a second. Jason kidding. Robertson. Yeah. I know. I was getting yeah. confused. I was like, don't fuck this up. Can't fuck up the Leafs because no, you're you'll Right. Because um, they'll let you know. Nick Robertson. What's going on with him? Highly talented. Gets a ton of buzz. He could easily – he's like that um, – this is not a great comparison, so I apologize. But he's got that Josh Hosang talent. Like, you know, let's – he's got that uh, charisma around his name. He's like an upper echelon talent guy, but he's small. I know he can get bullied around a lot. I don't know. Heavy think, shot. Really heavy, heavy shot. shot. And if he comes onto the scene and strikes hot, those high-talent young guys somehow end up getting in the top six and they just fit in perfectly, but – you know, there's there's too many question marks right now for me. I mean, the third line is, meh, I don't, Kerfoot, Camp, and Kasha. I mean, okay, maybe, but it's not strong enough like Max talks about with, you know, the third line's winning cups. I don't think that's the third line that's winning a cup, in my opinion. They still have an extended Riley, and that's going to play a storyline throughout the entire year. And then lastly, and Mac did a great job talking about this, I love Jack Campbell. We've had Luke Gazdick on. He talked about how great of a teammate he was with the Austin Stars, I believe is their name. Um, Texas Stars. Texas Stars. They're in Austin. Sorry. Long day. Um, I just don't think Jack Campbell is going to be that guy. I I don't. I think they're going to be switching on and off. You're going to have a little goaltender drama. It's not my favorite one-two punch. So Leafs, third place in the division, in my opinion, Uh, do not get out of the first round. I think I'm I'm going to say they either miss it or they, you know, bottom out in the first round. I will say the one thing I love up front, I do like the Nick Ritchie signing. The whole like Wayne Simmons thing was, I think, supposed to be what I think we will see from having both him and Nick Ritchie on this team this year. I think we're going to see a lot more muscle up front because obviously you have these, you have Matthews, you have Tavares, you have Nylander, you have Marner. Guys need to be able to protect themselves. And if they're worried about, you know, blind cross ice passes that's not what they're going to be thinking about so i think bringing in a guy like nick ritchie who can get it done you know with his body or with his stick either way i mean the guy can score the guy can hit the guy can fight i think it's going to be a a helpful addition to this team but i i'm i cannot agree more with you guys i just there's something about this team that just doesn't it doesn't seem to have the success and i feel like more and more we're starting to compare them to the early 2000s washington capitals so uh, you know, Lord knows that took a while to, you know, get over the, get out of the second round hurdle. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Leafs do this year. 
Two final things I'll touch on with their decor. Justin Hole could be a good sleeper pick for you in fantasy. Keep an eye on him throughout the season. He's one of those where I wouldn't be too pressed about trying to draft him, but keep your eye on him. If he's a free agent and you need some extra points one week and he's there, take a chance on him. Rasmus Sandin, that's a guy that has been talked about a lot as a prospect. This year we'll get a chance to really see him and see if he is everything that everybody's been talking about. So you know, there's a couple factors in this lineup that if they play to the ability that they apparently can play to, we could be talking totally different about this team come summertime. So, you know, you really never know in the NHL. That's what makes it so fun. You never know what teams are going to do real well that you didn't expect. Any team can beat any other team on any given night, and that's why we love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, anyone else have any last thoughts on the Leafs? Nope. Still love Matthews. Obviously rooting for him. Duh. Best goal scorer in the NHL right now, in my opinion. Um, Nick, don't fucking raise your eyebrows at me like that. Uh, <laughs> come on. I mean, let's be real. It, that was pretty sick what he did last year. Until he retires, there is one best goal scorer in the NHL. I'm going to have to – strongly disagree on that one but that's okay. um, all right wrap it up right now atlantic division who wins cats mac, mac? you're awfully quiet Muting yourself while thinking i'll go panthers maybe, um, eh, maybe don't let my mad. confidence sway. i'm gonna go ahead and say it the bolts are gonna win and then the cats will beat them in the playoffs yeah that would be cool possible. that would be cool that would be cool. Yeah, I, I like the I like the cast this year. I think I've said that like twelve fucking times. So I should also, Bobrovsky won't be the starting goaltender when that happens. But yeah, yeah it's no. interesting because Coach Q said that to start the year, Bob will be the starter. But I'd give that about a month, <laughs> a minute. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for our Atlantic Division preview. Holy shit! What a night. I know just about, uh, and we just want to want to remind everyone before tossing it off to Anthony from forever blue shirts that summer may be over, but there has never been a better time to get out on the water. If you're looking to finance that new boat or yacht you have always dreamed of, well, you are in luck because the yacht lender is a specialist in Marine finance with partnerships with 15 different banks. He is the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. You can actually see the Yacht Lender at the Annapolis Powerboat Show from October 7th to the 10th, the Annapolis Sailboat Show from October 14th to the 18th, and the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show from October 27th to 31st. Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check him out on Instagram at Yacht Lender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. We're going to go ahead and toss it off to Anthony from Forever Blue Shirts right now. And we are now being welcomed by Anthony from Forever Blue Shirts, one of, if not the best NHL Twitter page. Thank you for joining the Empty Betters podcast. We appreciate it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. Just uh, getting ready to do these division previews. And, you know, we're big fans of the work that you do. Uh, For anybody who doesn't follow Forever Blue Shirts, Covers everything Rangers, also covers the entire NHL. Great work. Keeps you up to date. Probably my favorite page on Twitter. So thank you for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate being on. Absolutely. 
So we're going to run through our Metro division previews here. going to try to do this in about 30 minutes. So hang tight folks. Uh, you want to try and also throw in the Pacific division. Cause that'll take two seconds. It's going to be the golden Knights <laughs> and that's it. We were going to say that for next week, but you know what? I think you just did it. So I, I think you, you covered it better than we could. That, yeah, it's the golden Knights and, and pray for rain, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Pretty much. <laughs> that was my division that I had to cover. So uh, you just did my homework. For I me. mean, do <laughs> they, do they have to send four teams to the playoffs? That's my question. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's it's pretty crazy, but yeah, at the daily I did all the uh, division previews in August uh, and it was just looking at the Pacific. I'm just like, so does anybody have a shot here outside of the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah. But you know what? That's good for the uh, Seattle Kraken, by the way, right? Kind of over the grabs. Go have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah, be fun sure. to see what they uh, what they end up doing this season. I'm excited for it. Cool. So Nick, before we you- jump into uh, Metro stuff real quick, can you just tell us a little bit about how Forever Blue Shirts, you know, came about? I'm assuming you're a lifelong Ranger fan, so I'm assuming that yes. that had something to do with it. Yeah, ForeverBlueShirts.com, lifelong Ranger fan. It was more of a need for, you know, just creativity, passion, trying to help some young writers to give them a platform, build something up. Um, and I just, I put it out there. And believe it or not, people started paying attention. And I guess my opinions at the time were worth something. Uh, So, I mean, it wasn't overnight. I mean, 2014 is when it started and it really didn't take off, you know, like you would think until about 2020, like it kind of took off right around the time COVID hit too. Um, And I made a, I made a conscious decision while other sites were stopping writing, I'd ramp it up because I knew that hockey fans are hardcore hockey, you know, sports lovers, right? They, they love hockey and not having anything, no games and sites kind of shutting down and not really writing about anything. And it's like, they needed something to go to. So I also like a crazy maniac started the daily goal horn coming out of the pandemic to start to do, to do the, the short season. And I'm, I'm surprised at how well that took. So, you know, to anyone who's out there, you know, it's not easy. It takes money, right? You do have to have some money if you want to put something out there that's quality because people will pick it up. You know, you have to kind of, you get out of it what you put into it. Uh, but if you've got a passion and a desire and a love to do it, by all means, go for it. Find a way to get out there and, you know, be opinionated, but also be fair. You know, that that's the other thing I'd, I'd give warning to you. Like, don't be, you don't want to be too loud and too boisterous, but you, you if you have an opinion, be, be smart about it, put it out there. And honestly, it, it'll come around. People will, people engage and they'll have conversation with you and ignore the trolls, never feed the trolls. <laughs> Love that advice. I mean, you know, you're, you're doing what we're trying to aspire to do with this thing. We're two years deep into this. So, um, you yeah, know, we're just, up, a, guys. we're just a bunch of recent college grads trying to do something. So I guess, uh, <laughs> appreciate the advice. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, Nick. I'm going to let you drive the bus for the Metro division. All right. Well, let's start with definitely, I don't, it's tough for me to pick a least favorite team out of this division just because I hate them all, but uh, let's start with one that's easily in my top three, the Carolina hurricanes. They're at plus three seventy to win this division outright ton of departures for this team, uh, you know, over the season, Anthony, I want to get your impressions first because I, you know, the the playoff series, the was it a qualifying series two years ago between the 
Yeah, it was a qualifying the Rangers round. and the, yeah, the okay. Rangers weren't ready for prime time. Yeah. And they got they got their their asses handed to them, best way I could put it. Uh, at the same time, Shesterkin was injured. Uh, Lundqvist, obviously, a little bit past his prime by that time uh, and unable to probably play to his capability because the defense in front of him was not very sound, right? I, I mean, I would have loved to have seen a healthy Lundqvist on the Capitals last year. I'll be honest. Same. It's a much better team defensively, and uh, he probably would have looked a lot more like his old self. Uh, he just couldn't make enough miracle saves to keep that Rangers team afloat um, in that series. But, for, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, they, they're a favorite. They, I have, to me, you know, we can talk about the rest, but it, it's it's pretty easy. It's the Hurricanes and the Islanders are the two teams that are going to get in. Yeah. Right? And I'm pretty sure that if you look at whatever the odds are, I'm pretty sure the Islands are right up there. And then it's kind of a free-for-all for the rest, mm-hmm. for, for about four or five teams. You know, outside of the Columbus Blue Jackets, probably, you know, being the strongest team in the division because they'll have to be lifting everybody up above them. In the <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well said. You're not wrong. I mean, this Carolina team, it's definitely going to look a lot different this season. No Dougie Hamilton, no Alex Nedeljkovic, Peter Morazic, James Reimer, Brock McGinn. All those guys are gone. They do bring in Ian Cole and Tony D'Angelo. So this is it's been one of the more interesting defense core, I think, over the last couple of seasons. Do you think they've put themselves in a position where they could be better or worse than last year? Because last year, everyone was saying this was one of the best best defense core, if not the best in the league. It took a hit. You can't with Dougie Hamilton is a hit. So period. There's no you can't even question it. They definitely took a hit. However, I think their defense overall is pretty solid. And it's not necessarily their defensemen as it is the way they work as an entire group on the ice, mm-hmm. right? That they haven't lost that. They have a great coach. And I do believe that Freddie Anderson is an upgrade. I think when he's on his game, he's one of the better goaltenders. So it's easy for me to at least put them in the conversation. Uh, I don't know if they'll win the division, but they're in the conversation for definitely being in the playoffs. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. I think uh, – go ahead, Harry. I was just going to say, I think one name that's gotten lost in the shuffle a lot, but this kid is absolutely disgusting, is Martin Natchez. Is it pronounced with – it Martin sounds Natchez. like a C-H, but it's just a C. He was so good in the playoffs last year for them. He's going to be on that first line with Ajo and Sveshnikov, and I see him having a big year for all the fantasy hockey players out there. I think he's definitely a sleeper that you can pick up in later rounds, maybe a name that you know slides under the radar. So I'm going to be looking for a big year from him. What's interesting too, I'll just touch on real quick about the Freddie Anderson situation is I think that's a, a move that actually benefited both parties extremely well. I think that's two teams that kind of needed something different going on in goal. And I talked about it a little bit when we talked about the Atlantic division earlier, but I, I like that grab of Peter Mrazek for um, the Leafs, but I, I also like what's going on here with Freddie Anderson. I'm super interested to see how he performs wearing the, uh, red and black and white for the Canes. No slouch with Derek Stepan as a fourth line center too. I know. I was just about to say, I'm a big fan of the depth. I think that third line would stall fast and then we'll see what Kakaniemi does, but I like that third line a lot. They're deep. Yeah, Kakaniemi was a good ad. That uh, Stepan is more than capable yeah. of being a dangerous player still. 100%. 
So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with these guys. I completely agree that they're up there for, you know, winning this division. They do have some of, if not maybe the best odds to do so out of any of the teams in here. Plus 370, that's, I mean, that's great value too. But it's just the Metro. You never know what's going to happen. You never know, you know, who's going to get off to a hot start or a cold start. Uh, The Canes are going to have to rely on this young core. Um, you know, they obviously have Jordan Stahl, who just doesn't seem to age, but they've got Ajo, Svechnikov, Teravine, and now they bring in Kakaniemi. They're really going to have to rely on those guys for scoring. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this season. Uh, let's move on to the Blue Jackets. Anthony, you mentioned that they're going to be the strongest team in the league. And I, I would say the plus <laughs> followed by a one and about four zeros for their odds is going to back that up. So uh, didn't make the playoffs last year. What are your expectations for this team this year, if any? Uh, they don't want to use the word rebuild, but they are obviously doing a major retool. Um, I, I, I like the team. I think it's a good team. I think Yaka Borachek is going to – him and Line are probably going to put up some numbers. So that's that's good news for them. I, I think Line needs, needs to have a center like that. Um other than that, I mean, you lose Seth Jones, Max Domi, the jury's out. Um, I love Jack Roslovic. So I, I, I think agree with that. I think he's an excellent player. Local kid uh, too. Think, yeah. I think they got, you know, Elv- Elvis Merzlikens is a pretty good goaltender. They have trade chips. Uh, I think at some point at the deadline, they'll get some additional picks for Jonas Corposalo. And I would look to the Edmonton Oilers, you know, as probably somebody they're going to try and improve their goaltending. They still haven't addressed that. Um, they're going to look to probably look at a, at a guy like him. Another team, I would say, <clears throat> if it's not working out in Toronto, I would say maybe the, the, the Maple Leafs will try and add a goaltender as well. I, I know Jeff Morazic went there. Uh, Peter Morazic, I'm sorry. Peter Morazic went there. And they also have uh, Campbell, right? Jack Campbell and Nett. And I thought Campbell played well, but, you know, he's a journeyman goaltender. I'm like, are you really trying to end a 55-year Stanley Cup drought on a, on a journeyman goaltender? I yeah, mean, that's yeah. just something that I was like, man, they, they really need to, to get somebody in there. I'm not saying you have to go out. They, they had to go out and get Rob, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, but just something. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think they, they probably make a move for a goaltender if it's not working out the way they hope with the two that they have. That's interesting too, because both Campbell and Rosick spent time on the IR last year too. So that that's something to keep in mind, whether or not either or both of those goalies can stay healthy for the Maple Leafs definitely could be a factor for them looking to pick up somebody like Corpus Allo down the stretch. Nick, I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this lineup is just uh, like who in the hell is going to play center. You know, you, you would have to think, you know, if they're going to be moving pieces going, you know, into the season, they're going to have to shore up center depth because right now, you know, Cole Sillinger is listed as their number one center on daily faceoff. And then it goes Ross Levick, Boone Jenner, and Sean Corrali. And that's well, just. Aren't they play? Haven't they put uh Voracek at center? I've seen yeah. tweets that they have been doing it. And right. honestly, so I think like, it's probably it, their yeah. best bet. Probably the best bet is they have is, tr- is trying to take that guy and his big salary and make him produce as a, as a pivot man because they need help there. Yeah, and then there's more questions as you go towards the back end. Yeah, they, they do lose Seth Jones. That's It was hands down their go-to A1 defenseman 
Uh, they do get Adam Boquist in return, who's got some potential. Definitely not Seth Jones potential, but uh, yeah, definitely some big question marks for this team. Uh, Anthony, I couldn't agree with you more that their their blue chips right now are in goal. Yeah, without a doubt, and I and I think they made they made it pretty clear who they want for yeah. the number one goalie by giving Merzlikens the contract and leaving Jonas hanging in the wind. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how Brad Larson handles this team behind the bench too. I, I, you know, the whole torts thing, you know, while it went well and they had that great run against Tampa, it didn't work out long-term. And I think that some players such as Max Domi really struggled under his system. So if Max comes back and has a you know good relationship with Brad Larson, who knows what could happen. Is Brad, again, this is an assistant under torts, right? So how right. much of a difference is it going to be? Right. We'll, we'll see. I think, I think there's a lot, you know, <laughs> to be, to be learned this season in Columbus, but I will say this, there's promise there. There's a lot of good young prospects. They should be competitive in the next couple of years. If they make the right moves. For sure. I echo what both of you guys said. I mean, I don't really have much more to add than that. I don't really think anybody would really have much more to add than that. Obviously, the Seth Jones storyline in the offseason, you know, it was really the, the big storyline for this roster itself. So I do like Roslovic a lot, though. He showed some flashes of brilliance after the trade and when he came over. So I'm excited to see what he does. And, you know, I'm kind of looking out for the fantasy hockey players here. But that's a maybe one of the guys that slides in. The really, really late rounds, maybe a little diamond in the rough action. So keep an eye on him. For sure. Uh, let's move on to a team that I feel like I have absolutely no idea where they're going to finish this year, but that's going to be the New Jersey Devils. They're plus 1,800 to win this division outright. Last season, last season, they were seventh in the East, and they did not qualify for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, their big addition for this offseason has to be Dougie Hamilton. You know, you bring in a guy like that who's expected to be probably your number one defenseman run your power play, play penalty kill. All eyes are going to be on him. And, you know, I I feel like he's bounced around enough to the point where people are kind of wondering like, Hey, what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of year he has. They made so many changes in the off season. They really, you know, I, I just, I honestly, I don't know. I could see this team making the playoffs. I could see this team missing the playoffs. What do you guys think? If you're asking me, I think they're missing it. Mm -hmm. I think they're on the outside. I mean, I have them seventh in the okay. division at this point, right? So, I mean, a lot is going to be dependent on, is Jack Hughes the real deal? The number one overall pick. Last season, not a bad season. He put up 31 points in 56 games. Not terrible. He's got Dougie Hamilton now, right? My expectation is you got Hamilton, the quarterback, the power play. You should start producing, Right. He should a little bit less pressure on him. He's got another guy out there, you know, with high offensive skill. He needs to produce. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Kako in New York and, you know, having met expectations, but I don't hear enough about Jack Hughes. I mean, he's got 52 points in 117 games and he's a number one overall pick. So I, I, I have to think that this is his year to, to maybe really take a step forward. He's got to get, I'm not saying he needs to be a point of game player. Uh, he's only 20 years old, but I would say maybe 0.75 per game. That's what you're going to want to start seeing. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, they added Tartar. I, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. Uh, I don't know where they are in goal. I'm not a huge fan of Bernier. Yeah, he has games, right? Like, 
Bernier can stand on his head and then, you know, go ice cold for about a week and a half. And I think Uh, you could say the same about Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. Blackwood has the same tendencies, right? So, I mean, the, the, the devils have promise Nico, you know, Nico, he, I have so so much fun saying some of these names. Is it it he sure? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, you're asking the wrong guys, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, We'll go with it. I just, I get all tongue tied, but you know, he, he, he needs to step up his game a little bit too, but you never know. Maybe things click for the devils and maybe they surprise and flirt with a playoff spot, but it just, you look at this division and you're just going, somebody's going to fall out for sure from, from the top and somebody's going to fall in. And the other thing I would say is when I look at the Atlantic and I look at the fact that we are now going to have intradivisional play, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. going to go and we're going to play the Pacific and we're going to, I can see the teams because the Metro division is, is, is really probably one of the more powerhouse divisions. If you really look at it from soup to nuts, I think it's probably one of the best divisions when you look at the number of teams that are co- going to be competitive. And I wouldn't be surprised if both wildcard teams come out of that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, this is a tough team to figure out. Um, I mean, we're in, we're in the DC area. I know we didn't really get much of an intro. Nick and Mac are. Well, I mean, there was caps jerseys and stuff and oh, I'm a Vegan a- fan, so I'm not going to complain. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't like me much, but yeah, that's we, okay. we don't like to talk to about it, but yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think as, you know, local guys, I, you know, I still watch the Caps and stuff, even though I'm a huge Penguins fan. But the Devils always play the Caps hard. And I could see them just based on their young roster that, you know, there's a bunch of wild cards. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. So I agree with you on that. I think seventh or sixth is probably a fair assessment, too. But I could see them playing spoiler where, you know, maybe they're sixth or seventh, but they're only, you know, eight or six points out of that wild card spot. That's kind of how I see this going. I look at that second line and I just see a nightmare for the Caps playing against that second line. He sure down the middle, Janssen on the left and Brad, who I think is so talented on the right. So that to me just screams, you know, stifling defense from Janssen and he sure, and then cycle, cycle puck in the back of the net from all three of them. Yeah. I, I would agree with both of you. Devils always play the Caps hard. I think they will be that pesky team that, that will be a tough team to bet against some nights just because they'll they'll screw you over and win games that you should have had. But um, kind of like Anthony was saying, I think their goaltending is not good enough to actually drive them into a playoff spot. I'm not sold on Mac Blackwood. I've never been sold on Bernier. Um, I think that'll ultimately be their downfall. For sure. Uh, let's move on to the New York Islanders plus 425 to win the division outright. They were fourth in the East division last year and lost in the third round to the Tampa Bay lightning who went on to win the Stanley cup. I think obviously you could go ahead and just say that the big key for this team is going to be getting their captain back this season. Anders Lee was hurt uh, mm-hmm. for the majority of, you know, the important games last year. Uh, what do you guys think that that's going to look like for this team? Are, are they the clear cut favorite to win this division now? For me, I think so. They're a dangerous team. I think teams are done taking them for granted. I think that was kind of what happened in the past two years where everybody's used to the Islanders being sort of one of the weaker teams in the Metro. That's not the case anymore. I think anytime you're playing this team on any given night, it's going to be a tough win. You're going to have to grind it out. They play, a lot of people call it boring hockey, but it's it's tough hockey. It's It's hard to score goals against this team. 
They've got a good coach. They've got two really good goalies. It might be the best tandem in the East. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really tough team to play against, in my opinion. I echo that. Anthony, I want to give you a warning. we got a lot of Long Island listeners, so um, <laughs> go easy on them. And it's, it is about a 50-50 split between Rangers and Islanders fans, which is funny. It's, it's honestly the Islanders uh, – there's a there's going to be a little theme here, but very similar to the Hurricanes, they play a complete team game, right? So, yeah. um, you know, they don't have they're not loaded with superstars. Barzell's fantastic. You, you can't you can't take anything away from him. Uh, it's going to be great that they get their captain back. I think the defense is uh, I think the defense is, is 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 as good as it comes. You know, uh, they don't really score. They don't score much from the back line. Uh, Chara, Chara will help, but Chara is old, right? So when I look at the Islanders, I look at them as, without a doubt, built to, to play in the playoffs. They will do fine in the regular season as well. Will they win the division over the Carolina Hurricanes? I guess it all depends on how things shake out between some, other, some of the other teams. But yeah, they're top two for me. Uh, I just, my big question is, is do they have enough scoring to take them over the top to do it, to, to get past, you know, the third round in the Stanley cup playoffs and get to the promised land. And honestly, I think the division got better. And I think after their off season, I, they did not yet make, and they, who knows, this is Lamorello. So Maybe at the trade deadline, he acquires Tarasenko and everyone starts shaking in their boots, <laughs> right? So that's a, that's a possibility, right? Or he figures out somehow he finds a way to get Jack Eichel himself and say, yeah, yeah. how about that, right? right? Like, I, huh. I can't put anything by him. He, he's a fantastic GM. But overall, goaltending defense, fantastic. Overall team play, great. Scoring will still be difficult. I don't really mm-hmm. see it. I mean, Zach Parisi, you, you know, uh, they put Metamucil in his Gatorade. Whatever it is that they got to do to get that guy going. I mean, he's a fantastic player, but he's not the same. And let's not, right. people have to be honest. He's not the same player he was five years ago. He's not the same player he was three years ago. He's, he's up there in age. Um, you know, Jordan Eberle is probably going to hurt offensively mm-hmm. to lose. Thought that I too. do like, I do Definitely. like them having Kyle Palmieri for an entire season. So there's a lot to like about the Islanders and they're definitely going to be one of the top two teams in the division. They're making the playoffs. So Islander fans who know I'm, I've, you know, mainly bread and butters with the Rangers com- complete kudos. You guys are fantastic and you're going to be tough to beat. And you're probably the team to beat in the Metro, regardless if the Carolina hurricanes finish first. I could see the, the Islanders and hurricanes going in this division, Carolina one, New York two. And then when they meet in the playoffs, that role gets reversed very easily. True. Absolutely. I think uh, I think we all learned, especially as the Penguins fan here, just what you know how capable Pelic and Polak are as a number one oh unit. I mean, you could you could argue they're probably, you could say maybe they're the best top pairing in the league. Top I would three, say they're the five. best pair in the league for sure. They kind of came out of nowhere too, right? I mean, a couple yeah. of years ago, nobody really even knew who these guys were, and now they're like you said, two of the top top D in the league for sure. Yeah, I mean, that that defense just scares me a little bit. I mean, obviously, you got those guys, and then you got Andy Green, Grizzled Vet, along with the young gun, Noah Dobson. I love that. And then, you know, Scott Mayfield. I know a lot of our fans have trashed him uh, in the past, but he had a great playoffs. He really did, especially on the offensive side. He had some clutch goals for them. And Chara, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's like 
bad. I don't think it's great. I think it's, it, it is what it is. You know what you're going to get. He's not logging a ton of minutes anymore, but that fourth right. line is still a pain in the ass. And yeah, I think they're the team to beat in the Metro for sure. Listen, I don't care if Char is 55 years old. He's a nightmare to play against every single day. <laughs> he's not. Yes. And Nobody. I think he's going to, he's going to be a lot more like successful in that Islander system, just, you know, gumming up the works than having to make breakout passes for the caps where I just held yeah. my breath every time, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the blue shirts themselves. Anthony, I'm going to toss it to you. They're at a plus 500 to win this division. They were fifth in the East last year, just missed out on the playoffs. What are your thoughts going into this year? The Rangers are an interesting team, right? And uh, definitely not going to win the division. So that that I, they would be, have to be so much to break that way. So they're not going to win the division. I do think that they have a chance to be a playoff team. Now, are they the first wildcard team, second wildcard? Could they win third in the division? That's all on the table right now. It's still early to tell. When you look at the Rangers, Shesterkin is a fantastic goaltender. So you look at their goaltending, then you go, Georgiev, solid backup. They've got the goaltending. They have the, without a doubt, statistically, the third best hockey player in the game in Artemi Panarin. His points per game average over the last two seasons, two seasons are behind only Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And those two guys play on the same team. Okay? Sometimes so, on the same line. Sometimes on the same line, on the same power play unit all the time. So he is without a doubt a game changer. And without he, he's going to break the set. If he plays 82 games or even close to it, he's going to have over 100 points and probably be in the MVP talk. Mika Zibanejad, fantastic center. Strom is underrated for a second line center, doesn't get enough credit. A lot will depend on what Alexi Lafreniere and what Capo Caco will do. Now that they are in top six roles, and I, if if Kako can do twenty five to thirty goals and Lafreniere can do sixty points, this team is is going to motor because they they have a now they've actually balanced the lineup. They're not one dimensional anymore, where it's just a bunch of kids and we want to see what we have. And the third line has Kraftsoff and Hedl and another young guy like Gauthier, and they're all offensive players. Now they've added Barclay Goodrow. And they've gotten that that kind of competitive guy in there who will probably make Heedle a little tougher to play against, right? I don't know where Kraftsoff necessarily fits if he's going to be on that third line. I'd like to see him there because I think he's good defensively. There's a, some question marks there. I don't know if that's the right mix, but at least when I look at that fourth line, I go, you guys have trouble here because Reeves and Rooney and Blay are big each guy is six two and their combined weight is like almost 700 pounds they are going to put a hurting on people on a nightly basis right and you can see even in preseason like you know in preseason games there's fights left and right yeah when reeves was on the ice nobody tried anything stupid all right i I know that you'd be like well is it really deterrent Uh, so far so good because you know no like what is it the bruins player is it um God, Trent, is it Frederick? Frederick, yeah. Yeah. He's all over the place. And he was running around a bit. Reeves got out there, kind of get Reeves plastered Taylor Hall. Just just laid him out. Like like the like the video, like Hall is falling on his butt and he's looking in the sky and, and he's like, oh boy. And nobody went to Reeves and did a blessed thing. 
So like without a doubt, I think that they have the bottom six going and I think things are good. I think if that works out, they really could be a threat for a playoff spot. I think so much over the Flyers, who I think made some good moves, but I have a feeling Ali Mignot is probably not going to last the season. I don't know why. I just don't think he'll last. I think there's some dysfunction still lingering in Philadelphia, and it, Carter Hart has to really come out of nowhere and find his form, and that won't be easy. I know they made changes on day. So I look at the Rangers as definitely a, a good chance for a playoff team over the Flyers, and they could take third over the Caps and the Penguins, surely based on the fact that the Caps and Penguins are not getting any younger and their star players are probably going to go play in the Olympics. And that's going to add more games to the schedule for those guys. For sure. Point. It's going to be to me between, you know, the Caps and the Penguins, who's going to survive the injuries and the Penguins are already behind the eight ball because Malkin's probably not going to be back till Christmas. I heard. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, Phil Bork who was on NHL Network, said, I wouldn't expect him back till, till Christmas. Crosby, love Crosby, but, you know, he's going to start the season. I think uh, he's not going to start the regular season. I'm pretty sure. He's out, like, the first, like, 10-ish games around that, probably. So they said. I thought it was – I didn't know if it was, like, the first week, but it's a little bit more than that. A little bit more, yeah. Right. And so you got Brian Boyle. I, I don't know what, what's going on over there. Neither do I. So – they, they, they need their young players to step up. And the funny thing about the Penguins is every year there's somebody that comes out of nowhere and you <laughs> see them on the scoring sheet. Like one day I'm going to just look at it and I'm like, oh, the Penguins won 7-1. And it was like, oh, Frosted Flakes from Orange <laughs> and Can Ham. Yep. Like I swear to God. Spot like, on every they, year. Like who are exactly. these guys? But that's what they do. They're the Patriots of hockey, man. <laughs> I give them a ton of credit. But yeah, that that's kind of where I see. I think the Rangers are a playoff team at this point. I think they they're especially if I believe that two teams from the Metro can take both wild card spots. I definitely think that they have what it takes to do it as long as, you know, they are they're also pretty healthy. I mean, Adam Fox is a Norris winner in his second season. You know, uh, Lindgren is fantastic. He, he's 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 a leader on the ice. You know, the, I have a question mark on Truba and Miller but they're both physical. They're both big. And if they can, if they can get it together and they had moments where they shined last season, then the range is going to be really dangerous because Nemeth is a rock solid veteran and Nils Lundqvist is as advertised. What are your so thoughts? Big, Go ahead, guys. Uh, no, I was just going to say the biggest question mark out of this podcast is does fellow friend of the program, Zach Jones, crack the lineup? Uh, no. Ah, we tried. And, and, no, I, I, and honestly, he deserves to be in. I think, I think he's fantastic, but you didn't, again, there's a salary cap mm -hmm. uh, and they signed Nemeth and they, you know, signed them to, to a two-year deal. You know, I think it's 3 million plus uh, that they signed them to. And he was purposely brought in to mentor Nils Lundqvist. Uh, I do believe Zach Jones, right. He could, if there's an injury on the left side or even on the right, I think Zach Jones is your first call up. And I think he's he's ready for the NHL, and he and he's fantastic. I, I absolutely love Zach Jones. And if I'm the Buffalo Sabers, and I you know I'm probably kicking myself in the pants because I'm pretty sure Zach Jones was part of the original package that the Rangers made for Eichel. Oh yeah, before the correct. Injury, yeah, before the injury with Eichel really came out and it and it really clouded the situation. The Rangers had made an offer prior to the start of last season, and from what I could gather. 
two names for sure were probably going to were, were Zach Jones simply because they're so overloaded uh, on defense. Zach Jones and also Vitaly Kravtsov. Those were the two guys, and maybe Heedle was talked about, Buchnevich, which they I think they always kind of knew that with the way they were shaping up on the right side, they probably have to move him at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I love Zach Jones. I really do. And who, whatever team trades for him eventually, uh, they're going to have a top four defenseman on their hands. Definitely. And I think for now too, it's a good position to be in as a Rangers fan or, or as, you know, GM of the Rangers to be able to call up somebody like that. Anytime somebody gets hurt, you're, you know, you're turning to somebody that's at least played a couple of games in the league, mm-hmm. had a chance to kind of, you know, I think that was great that they called him up at the end of last season to, you know, really a showcase. Yep, exactly. And uh, especially after what he did in college hockey. So we're rooting for him. And uh, yeah, I like this Rangers team. I agree with you, Anthony. And, yeah, I and think Jones, they're Jones deadly. doesn't make it because he's waiver exempt too. Think about that. They have to be very careful with who they send up and down. And right now, Nils Lundqvist is waiver exempt. Jones is waiver exempt. Morgan Barron is waiver exempt. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the team out of camp until they figure out their situation a little bit better. You know, those three guys plus Jones, they're, they're, they're waiver. They're all waivers exempt. You can turn Libor Hayek, these guys, if you put them on waivers, they're going to be claimed. And I think Tenorti's the seventh defenseman. And since they have cap space, I think they're just going to keep Hayek around and see if they can get somebody to bite and give them something for him. Cause they already tried trading him this summer. Yeah, for sure. I think the the biggest or one of the biggest acquisitions this team made was behind the bench. What do you think of uh, Gallant coming in this year? I love Gallant. Uh, I want to be fair to David Quinn. I, I, did, I think David Quinn did a good job for what he had to work with and what his task was. His task was to develop young players, you know, and he did not have a well-rounded lineup. Like I said, he had at one point, at one point he had Kratzoff on the fourth line. He did not want to have a Kratzoff on the fourth line, but when you're like, we need to see what these kids can do, you've got to find spots for them in the lineup. There was no Ryan Reeves there. There was no Barclay Goodrow. There was no Sammy Blay. There was no Dryden Hunt. They had Rooney. And it, it just, it was all over. And then he's, the guy's tasked to win hockey games. So Kako's struggling. And, you know, you have Panarin is like, you know, put Blackwell on here because, at least at this point, you know, he, he gets what we're trying to do as a line. So, yeah, it's, it's, they have a lot of, lot of talent and I just want to be fair to Quinn. I think Quinn will be a good coach one day. I think he'll learn from this experience. It w- you know, didn't have all the tools that he wanted to work with because I, I can't begin to tell you how many times he would reference the Islanders and how they were built, right? He didn't have those tools. Jeff Gordon admitted they didn't have those tools and he said exactly why. And he was like, I wasn't bringing, bringing those type of players in, players in like Barkley, Goodrow, and Ryan Reeves until we were ready to win. And obviously, after firing those guys, the boss, Jim Dolan, the owner of the team, thinks they're ready to win. And, he, that's, and Chris Drury went out and executed a plan that probably was in place with the prior regime as well because Drury was part of that group. Yeah, I, I think you nailed uh... – nailed it on every single front of that analysis as expected. I mean, you know, based on reading your articles and stuff that that, there was nothing else that I would expect. Um, Yeah. I got to agree with you. Caps, pens, not getting any younger Rangers. I definitely see them making the playoffs. I mean, you obviously know a little bit more about the, the Truba and Keandre Miller um, question marks that you said you had 
I mean, I was kind of under the impression that, yeah, there might be a tiny bit of question marks, but I'm still pretty sold on that. But, you know, you obviously watch the team much more in depth than we do. So I think that's going to be a crucial role uh, in their success this season. I personally think they'll make the playoffs. I could probably see them being like fourth place in the division, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth. I could see third. Yeah. I don't know. Breaks right. I mean, again, the injuries on the on the Caps and the Penguins. For sure. That's the only way I could see the Rangers getting third. Otherwise, to me, I just I, the Caps are much like the Islanders, only older with better offense uh, and not as great team defense. But the biggest question mark for the for the Caps is goaltending. Do they have it? I don't know. Right? Yeah, so yeah I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like their I like their goaltenders. It's not like I don't like them. I think they can play, but when it comes to 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 winning consistently and winning in the playoffs are those guys big enough you know but then again the penguins i the penguins won uh, stanley cups with some dude named ice cream and another guy named butter <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't i don't know so like i mean matt murray won a stanley cup and somehow got shipped don't off ask. to the senators and tristan jerry <laughs> you know he i i if he could stop a puck the penguins probably get by the islanders i really don't know i mean yeah. The Islanders weren't really clicking that well, but Tristan Jerry, I've never seen a, I mean, that was one of the, that was bad. bad. <laughs> I don't know how, if Harrison wants to say something about it, but I mean, uh, I'll wait till cow. the, yeah. I'll wait till we get to the Penguins. I got some words, but yeah. I was going to say, we'll get to the Caps and the Penguins soon. However, before we do, I think it's time to talk to talk about a team that we probably all four can agree that we absolutely despise the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, like I said, I, I kind of touched on the Flyers because it, I, there's not much to talk about. They they made some changes on defense. They they brought in Ristolainen. They 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 brought in Keith Yandel, uh, Carter Hart. Well, what is he going to do? I mean, Martin Jones is the backup. That's a pretty solid backup, right? But he's he struggled as well. Um, yeah, I mean, can is their defense where it needs to be? I think I think it'll be improved. It certainly has some 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 guys who could score on it. You know, I like Ryan Ellis. I, I, I really think they did a good job. But like that being said, Voracek is gone. And you're placing with Cam, Cam Atkinson, who's pretty gritty, right? I like him as a player. Claude Giroux is a, is a pending unrestricted free agent. How is that going to play out this year? Is he gonna is he gonna want out? Is he done? You know, I, I really I, I don't have all the answers for the Flyers. And like I said, things were bad last year. And they gave Vigneault a vote of confidence and he's coming back. But it, I mean, if they get out of the gate slow or they're, you know, meandering about, he could, he could be out of a job. And then you're replacing him with who like that. I can envision it now. And you got like, I don't know if it's poetic or whatnot, or just, this is the type of stuff that happens in hockey, but wouldn't it be hysterical if Vigneault gets fired midseason and they replace him with John Tortorella, <laughs> a reverse of what happened with New York. Yeah. True. Like, I mean, you, you don't think that that is a possibility and who would, I mean, torts, the Flyers fans would eat torts up. They, they would, would love him. I think that could be a match made in heaven for sure. The one thing I will say, the Flyers, I liked a lot of their offseason moves. Um, they definitely, you know, they knew what happened last year and they knew they needed to make changes. And they, I liked how they were proactive about that. However, I think two huge question marks remain. One is goaltending. Like you said, we don't know what we're going to get from Carter Hart. 
He had a bad year last year. He's still a young guy. We don't really know what, what to expect there. The other question mark is that Kevin Hayes is going to be out for quite some time. And on this podcast, we've talked time and time again about how that's a guy we would all like to have on our team. He's a great player. He adds a ton to the lineup when he's healthy and when he's at his best and he's tough to replace. There's, there's really not a lot of players that play the game the way he does, in my opinion. I think for the Flyers, I mean, I love what they did on the back end. I think we forgot to mention that they added Ryan Ellis, who is probably. Uh, I mentioned it. Give me some credit. I said Ryan. Oh, Ellis. did you? No, I said we, <laughs> not you. It's all good. All right. Don't worry about it. I feel um, like it's a we thing right now for me. It I, is. Yeah, I, I, I hold us accountable. I hold I hold myself accountable. I, I, I messed that up. So <laughs> I guess we did mention that. But I like what they did on the back end. I guess for me, it feels like their center depth is just like a bunch of band-aids trying to make it work this season. I mean, obviously with Couturier, you know what you're getting. Some Most of the Flyers fans will argue he's a top 10 center. I personally would put him uh-huh. maybe somewhere in that 10 to 13 range. But – then you got Morgan Frost, Derek Broussard, and Nate Thompson down the middle for the rest of that. I don't necessarily love that. Um, Derek Broussard's been a journeyman. You know what you get with Nate Thompson. Frost has, you know, a, a little more to grow, and he's got a decent ceiling. But I don't know. I'm just not sold on what I'm seeing down the middle just yet. And I have no idea the, what to think. Frost is the question mark. I think Broussard, yeah. you kind of just like – yeah, you know, steady Eddie third line center, and then Thompson's gonna liner, yeah. Thompson's gonna win you some faceoffs, which on the fourth line is key. I think the center depth for me is something I'm not totally sold on. I don't know what to think though. I mean, you would you would hope with well, not us hope, but if you're a Flyers fan, you would hope that with the amount of moves that they've made, and it feels like it's a ticking time bomb before they just blow it up, and Drew's gone, and you know, Vino's gone, that they're gonna do something this year. And I don't really know what to predict, to be honest with you. They could be third or six, I think. Yeah, right. One That's more spot thing on. I'll also say is back to the Kevin Hayes situation with him being out of the lineup. Somebody that I think has more room to shine this year would be somebody like Yoel Farabee. That guy had a great season last year. He was a great fantasy pickup, went undrafted in a lot of leagues and ended up getting scooped up in the first couple of weeks because he had such a good start to the season. Um, he'll have more room to, to shine this year. So, I mean, that's one positive you can look at and hopefully he kind of grows into that role. Um, Claude Giroux, I mean, we've talked about him on this podcast time and time again, how, I don't know. I, I personally think he's overrated and kind of washed at this point. Maybe he just needs to see a change of scenery or something, but I think he needs a change of scenery. I I agree. Couldn't agree more. Oh yeah. Flyers fans are kicking themselves right now. Listen to this, but that's okay. Yeah, who cares? Um, I don't like them anyways. Uh, let's I think move. Flyers fans are just kicking themselves because they 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 they're still looking at the team, going, "We don't know what's happening next." True, that's fair. That's fair. Let's move to another team I don't like all that much. Harry, <laughs> your time to shine here. Pittsburgh Penguins plus four hundred to win the division outright. They, lo and behold, were first in the East last year and then ended up blowing it in the first round to the Islanders. Let's hear what you got for us, Harry. Are you looking at the uh, daily faceoff right now? Just for a reference to see I, who they have. I just want to. I just want to say I think it's kind of funny that there's like four guys that are listed as out and two guys that are game time decisions. So it's like once again, yeah. who is going to be playing for your team this year? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it all really comes down to goaltending. The injuries suck. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, Anthony mentioned it. It was a it was a horrible horrible playoff series for Tristan Jari, who I really thought like you know he had streaks in the season where he was 
unbelievable. And I thought, you know, he's, he's kind of building up to what they would hope he would have been when they drafted him. I mean, they didn't draft him to be their starter because nobody knew Matt Murray was going to fall off a cliff quite like that. But I think he would have been like a fringe guy when they drafted him. And then, you know, all of a sudden last season, the Pens went on a run late in the year, right before the playoffs, and he was looking really good. And I was expecting a lot out of him. I don't want to write him off just yet. I think he's capable of bouncing back. I question if he can handle the pressure in the playoffs, but I think in terms of regular season, he'll he'll stay at bay. Um, Jeff Carter being the first line center on opening night isn't ideal, obviously, but you know we'll get Sid back and the after you know I think they were saying like eight to ten games or so. Um, I don't know. I I agree. We're not getting any younger. I think one guy who has to bounce back for us is Jason Zucker. I, he had a really down year last year. They didn't pay him or trade for him to be this, you know, chip and chase third and second line center. They need him to handle the puck. They need him to shoot the puck, something that he said he's going to do a better job of here in the preseason interviews. I think Kappen is great. He's looked great in camp. He's looked great in preseason. I think a lot of people sleep on him. And, uh, you know, we've talked about Teddy Bluger a lot on this podcast. He took a great step last year. You know, I think filling in as a second line center, I'm not comfortable with that, but I'm more comfortable with it than I would have been at the start of last year. Um, Latang's going to eat a ton of minutes. Back ends, eh, I, I really not that sold yeah. on it. Mark Friedman. Back end. Who the hell is Mark yeah. Friedman? <laughs> he's the guy, I think he's the guy who came from the Flyers that got cross-checked after the empty net. Remember that clip that we posted? But um Pedersen has not been good the past couple seasons. Marino's got a little upside. Matheson, I don't like the contract, but I don't know. It's a huge question mark. It's just like, you know, I feel like we're going to end up choosing between the Penguins or the Caps to make that last playoff spot, and I'm not really sure who to pick at this point. I would pick the Caps easy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. I mean, listen. I'm hearing you, and honestly, as you since you're a Penguins fan, as you're talking about it, you're talking about it with such a sense of doubt and dread in your voice. Like you yeah. know it's inevitable. And the truth of the matter is first off, they have a great coach. Sullivan's an excellent coach, right? Yeah. So for the penguins, it's going to be about survival and how close they can hang around 500 or better until they can get healthy because that team with both a healthy Malkin and a healthy Crosby are, you know, tough to beat, especially from a regular season standpoint. So if you got, if you can survive and hang Mm -hmm. around, you could make a push for the playoffs. You also have to hope that the Rangers, you know, are still, while you're trying to survive, the Rangers are also still trying to figure things out, right? Because if they come out of the gate quick under Gallant and they're playing that you know, role-based hockey, you got two scoring lines, you got a third line, which I'm still trying to figure out because Kratzoff and Hedl do not, with Goudreau, do not scream to me like, you know, a physical line. So I don't know what they're doing there. But regardless, if they figure out that bottom six and everyone is playing their roles and Fox actually gets any better and Nils Lundqvist is what they say he is, I can easily see the Rangers passing the Penguins even if, the, even if those two guys were healthy all season, it would still be pretty close. And if they're not, and they're hovering at 500 and the Rangers are humming, you guys could be on the outside looking in and hoping that you're that second wildcard team I was talking about because 
you know, Metro tough as it is, there are a lot of teams now you're going to be playing all over the league that you could have field days with. So here's what I'll say. I think that, you know, I would love to sit here and shit on the Penguins and say they're not going to make the playoffs. Caps are shoe in above them for that fourth spot. The problem is, and we've said it on this podcast a dozen times at least, is there's three things in life, and that's death, taxes, and the Penguins having a monster second half of the season. They always do it. They always come out to a slow start. Until I see it go the other way, I won't believe against it. That's what I'm saying. I just, I unfortunately cannot write this team off until I literally until game 82 has passed and they are on the outside of the playoffs. I can't write them off. Unfortunately, I'd love to do it, but I can't. I've just been hurt too many times, guys. I can't do it again. (laughs) I mean, it's, it, it depends what the estimates are with Sid. Like, you know, all of a sudden if they say eight to 10 games really becomes 15, you know, if they absolutely sink the first 15 games, we're screwed. If they can stay somewhat competitive and then he comes back, I feel a little better. Right. Yeah, Anthony, you're right. I'm talking a little negative. It's part of like the juju I have where I hope that like I build it down. So then like when they're, you know, above my expectations, I'm happy. I'm trying to do that, but you caught me. Hey, if you um, set the bar low, right? And you exceed it. You know where to go, but yeah. up. <laughs> I will say a guy that wrote a blog after like the third game of the <laughs> last year, being like the penguin should rebuild. And they're it's called entertainment. Awful. It's called entertainment. That's what it's called. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If you made me pick between them and the caps making the playoffs, these two guys can vouch for me. I really try not to be biased, but I just have more faith in our coaching staff, in our, I, you know, our defensemen, I think can hopefully stay competent. I mean, I love Latang and Dumoulin and Marino, the rest of it I'm not a big fan of, but I think we got depth. I, I really do. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you guys have so- Redeem Zahorna as your fourth line center. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he'll get he'll get both down. That's Dude, awesome. you just so jinxed it the first time they played the cap that he's getting a hat trick. Yep, it's yeah, all probably. The yeah. six foot six like Czech Slovak. That's what the Penguins like. do, right? Some yep. donate towards yeah. a hat yep. trick. You're you're exactly right. All right, Nick. well, one team left to do. Let's cover the Caps real quick. Plus five hundred <laughs> to win the division. Uh, you know. First off, like first off, before we say anything about the Caps, the number one concern has to be Nick Backstrom. No timetable for this guy's return right now. You know, the depth chart can show Kuznetsov as first line center. I don't care who whoever's saying that is clearly smoking crack. Um, Nick Backstrom is your number one center on this team. He is the heartbeat of this Capitals team. And when you take him away, uh, we've all seen what that looks like before. So First and foremost, that's got to be your first concern. Uh, They will have an open forward spot with him missing time. It's going to come down to, I think, Hendricks LaPierre or Connor McMichael to see which one of them gets that. I would assume that they would start them at like third or fourth line center, potentially putting them on the wing and moving Dowd up. Mac, what are your thoughts going into this season? Um, I had a good discussion with my dad the other day about Hendricks LaPierre and Connor McMichael. I am of the belief that LaPierre is going to make the team. I think McMichael has a chance. I think he could stand to benefit from a little more time in Hershey, believe it or not. Um, sort of like we were talking about with Zach Jones, he could be like a number one call up kind of guy ready to go whenever we need him and there will be injuries. So we will need him, but I I've loved what I've seen from LaPierre this preseason. I know it's just the preseason. It doesn't mean much, but I've liked the way he's played. Um, 
I love our fourth line. I think they were our, our most consistent piece last year with Hagelin, Dowd, and Hathaway. They did a good job. I need a guy like Lars Eller to prove to me that he can really step up and fill in for Backstrom. Last year with COVID and everything, there was tons of nights where Kuznetsov was out or Backstrom was out or whatever, and Lars Eller was kind of tapped on the shoulder to be that number two center a few times, and he didn't quite prove to me that he was – available to fill that role so i'm looking for a little more from him um i love the sherry signing from last year i think that was a a great term and a great you know great deal for him i loved his play i love daniel sprong if he can continue to be consistent as he was last year that'll be awesome another number one question mark is still anthony mantha right i mean we saw his first couple games with the caps he looked great He kind of fell off. He did absolutely nothing in the postseason. So that'll be a big question mark for me. Um, And then finally, I'll just touch on goalies. I think I've said it a billion times on this podcast before. I'm a Vanacek guy. I'm not a Samsonov guy. Um, One of the close friends of this podcast is also Zach Fucali, rooting for that guy too. It seems like he's finally moved up to number three on the depth chart now that Phoenix Copley has been waived. And I think we're officially to the point where he's cleared ravers at this point. Um, if not, we gotta be close, but yeah, I think, I don't know. That's a huge question mark for me too. I don't love the tandem of Sammy and Vanacek. I've also heard that Sammy is ailing right now with a low body, lower body injury. Um, I'd like to see him start one of these last couple of preseason games just to kind of get him in the rhythm but all last season, I, I I just got the vibe that Vanacek was was more focused and more ready to go. I see Samsonov make great saves and, and playing good games, but he the goals he lets in are just like goals where I feel like he's goals just like that not, should not be let in. He's like not paying attention or something, or he's just like I don't know, man. He just he's hanging out with Kuznetsov too much, and I've said that before too. But those guys gotta like separate. It's like when you're in second grade in the classroom and you're sitting next to your best friend, the teacher's got to step in, break you guys up because you're goofing around too much. <laughs> yeah. It looks like that, but I was in college. Um, uh, what do you like, what do we think about this decor? I, you know, Martin Ferravari is obviously going to have a, a role to fill with Brendan Dillon being moved out, which I, I do like that move. I think that was a good trade for the caps. I'm my questions come with moving Ferravari into a full-time 82 game defense role. I think we're going to see Trevor Van Riemsdyk at some point. Yeah. I'm, I like TVR. I think that he can be that third D pairing guy. Bigger question mark on D for me is Michael Kempney because that's a guy who we acquire from the Blackhawks. He looks great for us. He helps us win a Stanley Cup. He played an instrumental role in that push. And then, you know, he gets a couple of really tough injuries in two consecutive seasons. He comes back. He doesn't look great in the or in the preseason to me so far. Um, he, you know, he says he's feeling better than ever and he's healthy and that's good. I'm happy for him. And put like 20 pounds on. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he just needs a little bit of time to get back into the swing of things. I know he's capable of being, you know, a, a solid second pairing guy. I just wonder what those injuries do to somebody like that and, and whether or not he'll be able to kind of reach that maximum that he was at before those injuries or not. Cause right now I'm, I'm not super confident with company. True. So Anthony, when these two teams line up on the 13th for that heavyweight fight, I mean, hockey game, uh, what's going through your head? Uh, to win a hockey game, but 
I'd be lying if I didn't think that Ryan Reeves is going to fight Tom Wilson. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I love it. And honestly, Reeves already told him what's going to happen, right? So before before the Rangers traded for Reeves, he was on uh, Michael Scott's podcast. Michael Scott, that's funny. <laughs> no, John Scott. So he was on John Scott's podcast, right? Former tough guy, John Scott. And he told he told Scott, he's like, listen, I, if if I was there, right? And this is before he joined the Rangers. If I was there, he would he's either gonna fight me or I'm gonna jump him if he doesn't want to. Either way, he's going to fight me. Right. So either way, he's gonna pay the price. I don't see how that was that he didn't just basically lay out what's gonna happen. Regardless of whatever it is, it has not been forgotten. Period. You know, Tom Wilson called up. He he said, Yeah, hey Artemi, how you feeling? Sorry, I body slammed you like, you know, like a toy. You know, Alex Ovechkin probably told him to make the phone call because he's buddies <laughs> with Panarin to some degree. You know, he saw he was like, you gotta call him. Regardless, you know, and to Tom Wilson's credit, he was like, listen. I think in his, uh, you know, the, the media stuff for training camp and whatnot, when Caps training camp opened, he said, and he's technically right, there's no way in God's name Panarin should have ever jumped on my back, A, and he shouldn't have felt that he had to because they had nobody to actually do it. They had nobody there to take care of this problem because, hey, if you have a Ryan Reeves sitting on the bench, even if that's not, if that's happening at that moment, right, and he sucker punches, yeah, there's a scrum maybe, but it's like, I, whoever it is they're like hey just want you to know you hit him right there that guy's there's reeves the next time every time you step on the ice he's going to be there and you're going to answer for it and whether that bothers wilson or not I, I don't know and i don't really care they've had their run-ins before but everyone strap in because it's it's going to be fight night in washington because those two are fighting i don't for care. sure <laughs> if, honestly if Tom Wilson is starting if he's the, if, and I think the, I think he'll start Tom Wilson. First off, I guess I, the Rangers have to do it right. You get the second. If Reeves is starting, I'd like to see if they put Wilson out there. On that. I think if, if, if one will does they get it, the it other out of the way. Do it. Right. Will they get it out of the way? Because I have this strange feeling that Reeves will be on, will be starting that game and maybe just saying, whether you do it now, right? Like Gallant and Reeves are sending a message. Whether we do this to start this game or whether we do it later, I'm letting you know I'm doing it. <laughs> I think, and you know, I think we could very easily see it. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. because now Wilson's got to think about it all game. Even if he's not, even if he doesn't line him up opposite Reeves. It's like, you know, you're starting, it's the first game of the season. You've got, Zabinijad, Kreider, Lafreniere, you've got a second line of Panarin, Strom, and Kako, and you jamming out Rooney, Reeves, and Blay <laughs> to start opening first shift of the season? That is a message, and yep. that's probably what's going to happen. I, I I could see it. I mean, based on how that that other game went. I mean, when we were talking to Zach Jones, he was like, "Yeah, I knew something was going to happen because the second they drop the puck, they're yelling at for me to get off the ice." So. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Just well, get off. <laughs> opening night. Uh, I'm more excited to watch a Caps Rangers game than I am for Penn's opening night. And I have, don't think I've ever said that once, but I'm, I'm pumped. You know, it's, it, it's great for hockey. I know that the incident was terrible. Right. But look, 
look at what it generated. I'm not, it's times have changed, but like, if you ever, you probably guys are too young. I'm just showing my age, but man, those Colorado avalanche Detroit games, that was war was, was absolute war. And honestly, those were games everybody wanted to see. Yeah. Those, I mean, those like those, like everyone's like the Red Wings and, and the Red Wings and the Avalanche are playing. Oh, we got to watch this. Yeah. Like everybody want, or at least we're like staying up to say, what are the highlights? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that, that really is. And I, our, the Caps and Rangers have always been rivals, but that certainly turned it up a notch. And I wouldn't be surprised if this season is a little more frisky than usual, you know, more, more akin to when the Rangers play the Islanders and there's always something going down, some fisticuffs. And by the way, there's going to be a lot between Reeves and Martin this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Devils are always scrappy and they actually, they picked up, uh, <laughs> I can't believe they picked up Mason Geertsen. So like they picked him up. What I guess he's going to, he's going to fight the Rangers. I don't know. I, I, I like, all right. So I, I like a lot of what's going on in the division. I think the Penguins are a little bit tougher. I don't think they really address their toughness issues. If, if anyone is wondering, I, I know that uh, they will. There's no way without you know Hexall and Burke, they're not going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I just think it's going to be a fun game, and I I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think, you know, for me, I would say that, you know, I could see this team missing the playoffs. I could see them going in as three, going in as four. I think they're going to have a hard time putting up the points throughout the regular season that Carolina or the Islanders will. I could, you know, who knows which way this is going to go. Name of the game, as it is for everyone in this division, is just stay healthy. And, you know, no one, I mean, Anthony, you made a great point earlier. No one can afford to take any games off this year because any games you're playing outside the Metro, you almost have to look at those as like, here's my chance to make points up against mm-hmm. the teams that I'm going to lose against. So, right. It's just, and I you know. will say too, we we talked about how long can certain teams survive. I think that's the name of the game for the Metro too. Is basically just staying alive, staying in contention long enough so that when there's suddenly a month left in the season, you're at least right there and you've got a chance. That's basically what everybody besides the Islanders and the Hurricanes should be aiming to do. Is just stay alive so that come March you're right there and you, you've got a chance. Yep. Any team that gets off to a great, that's not named the Islanders or, or hurricanes, any team that gets off to a great start, a hot start, if they can, will have a serious advantage in securing a playoff spot. Absolutely. At I least think, in this division. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I know we're keeping you a little longer than we said. We apologize for that, but I think yeah, that it's kinda... a lot longer. Don't worry about it. My kids. Are <laughs> <laughs> I think that wraps it up for our previews. I mean, I just, I guess I just want to ask you one final question. You can make it short and sweet. I mean, if you had to predict where the Rangers end up playoffs, how deep, what do you say? Oh my God. That is a, ter- that's just not fair. Loaded uh... question, but I got to put you on the spot. So, it, it, okay, so if I have to try and, you know, all of a sudden flash forward my brain through an yeah. entire season, uh, I think the Rangers are a wild card team. I think they're the first wild card team. I think they finish with uh, probably 100 points mm-hmm. right around there, give it take a couple of points, maybe 98, 102. I think that's enough to earn a, a, a wild card uh, this year. Uh I don't know. It depends on who they match up with in the first round. Sometimes just getting off, just getting the right opponent helps. Um, If they're playing a team like the Islanders in the first round, 
that could be brutal. And even if they got out of it, they would probably lose in a second. So I, I'm thinking that this team is, is good enough to win a round, maybe two. And if Gallant puts this, if things fall into place and these guys start to click, it's hard not to, to say that the Rangers could be a surprise team this year. Like if you, there's always dark horses, right? And if I had to pick a dark horse in the Metro to win the cup, it'd be the Rangers. If I had to pick a dark horse in the, uh, I guess in the central, probably be the Blackhawks, right? Mm -hmm. If I had to pick, if I had to pick one in the Atlantic, Florida, no, Florida is my favorite to win the cup period. Oh, I love love that. I agree with you. I'm on board. Florida is my favorite to win the cup period. Interesting. Tampa's up there. The Leafs are supposed to be up there. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would say you, just because of Carey Price, if he comes back healthy, you know, you can't, you can't just poo-poo what the Canadians did. So, True. they would be a dark horse to come back and do it again. And in the Pacific, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, saying the Oilers are a dark horse would be terrible, right? You can't really <laughs> say that because they should be up there. Right. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know where to start with that division. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't even know. There, there is no dark horse in that division. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's, there's, there's the Oilers, there's the Golden Knights, and there's, it was happy to be here. Yeah, pretty much. Not wrong. I just don't know what else to say. I keep looking at the vision, trying to find somebody who could sneak in. And I'd like to be cool and be like the Seattle Kraken, but I'm like, no one's scoring no. for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is scoring there? Ryan Donato? Like, go for it. And I'll Jordan Everly, and yeah. that's it. A couple of goals for Everly, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they just, I just don't see it. I hear you. Well, we uh, we really do appreciate you joining us. Great insight. It was fun doing it. Um, you know, good luck this season. I know you're going to be uh, putting in a lot of work and you do great work. So keep it up and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you around soon. Thank you. I re- Listen, guys, I appreciate being on here. Uh, I want to wish you guys all the best. You Thank know, you. Keep going. Don't appreciate it. Even when it doesn't look like it's getting anywhere or, or it's not where you want it to be at the time, you just got to keep plugging away. And as, again, as long as you're passionate and you love doing it, it'll come across and you know, you'll, you'll attract the right audience and the right people. So you got a fan in me. I'm backing you up. Go for it guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. So uh, thank you everybody for listening to episode 95. We'll be back with you next week. And without further ado, class dismissed.